Hey, what's going on guys? Steve Andes here. I'm with my uh, co-host, Mr. North over here. Uh, Cameron Barkey, uh, <laughs> live in the studio. You know, what's up? We got a special guest in the house. We got Carrie Colby. Hey. We got the one and only Carrie. So this one's your camera, that little oh, camera over so there. Oh, so I always look over there? Yeah, you can okay. look at it. You can look anywhere. It doesn't look really anywhere? Matter. I'll stay there and yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got Carrie Colby on the show today. She's, uh, what is all Carrie done? Carrie's done a lot of stuff, actually. <laughs> Yeah, all good things. Yes, yes, I've, things. I've had enough years to, to rack up. It's quite some, interesting because uh, some items. Yeah, there's, uh, items, both, on there. there's actual items on that list. We both know Carrie, but we don't uh, like it's like a weird triangular yeah. mix here. So I know yeah. Carrie, Cameron knows Carrie, but Carrie doesn't know that Cameron and I know each other. Yeah, so like there's this whole. And I don't thing. know how this happened, Which how happened? the show happened, the thought exchange. Oh, yeah. like how did you two this meet? Cameron's idea. It's all yeah. And right how there. did this come to be? Because <laughs> um, it's really awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> we, um, how did we meet? I don't know. We just I, I make a lot of music. Yeah. And um, I remember how I met him. I met him through uh, Pow Pow. You know, uh, Coach Pow Pow. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he. Yeah. How do I know Pow though? I don't, I don't know, know how you know Pow. Yeah. You know Pow for a long time. But what happens is I started hanging out with. Uh, um, EJ with EJ. EJ Paris. EJ. Yes, yeah. I know him. I That's not out. his real name anymore, though. Fair enough. Yeah. No. Yeah, you can't say that. Um, <laughs> so he I changed his name. I started hanging yeah. around with uh, uh, Sammy, Sammy Domestic, or I mean Sammy Streets. Yeah. So Sammy Streets was my. He was like my first friend because mm -hmm. I was hanging around with a lot of ten-year-olds before. Long story. <laughs> ten-year-olds? Yeah, man. Like when I was raising kids. So it was oh. like, yeah, so all of a sudden I realized you stop raising kids and you start going, wait a minute, how come all my friends are like non-existent? Right. So like my only friend was Sammy and then so Sammy introduced me to Mukai and to mm -hmm. EJ because those mm -hmm. were his group. Mm -hmm. And then that EJ introduced me to, like, to Cameron. And then uh, mm -hmm. I remember I went to EJ, I'm like, like what the fuck? What the fuck is up with this guy? I'm like, introduce me to this Eminem guy. What's he all? Oh, he's good, man. He's good. And then as I started to get to know him, I'm like, actually, he's pretty good. Yeah. So Stevie shot a bunch of music videos for me. Oh, okay. I have a whole back catalog of music videos from Stevie. Right. Yeah. So then that just kind of happened. He liked my music and was like, yeah, we could do some cool stuff. He normally just, he used to hit me up when he would have like a new camera or like a new thing or like a new, I'm trying this thing. So it's like, hey, do you have a song? Yeah, sure. So it's like all my videos with him are like, kind of not weird, but they're just like experimental stuff. I burned him one time. With uh, I did some stuff with uh, with black like, lights, like pyrotechnics no, or black lights. Oh, oh, like the old school black lights were like the big massive. Bulbs. Oh yeah, that you like couldn't get in like a three foot range of them, or else you <laughs> and he was in a your hair foot, would singe. I remember those. Range, and I was I got my the, my back of my neck was burnt, and his, his eyeballs were. All <laughs> yeah, yeah, my eyes were messed up. I thought I was gonna go blind. Like I was like. Uh, no, you can't look into the light, Cal. I was staring right at him because there was black lights. The whole wall was black lights, and I was looking at the camera. But like, it's like being under in like a tanning bed with your eyes. Yeah. Open and yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the video he, looked awesome though. He had a sunburn on his back, like on his neck, like a legit sunburn, and my oh eyes my were like, I was, I was like, oh fuck, I made myself blind. I was so mad for like a week. Uh, and then so, he saw the video and he was happy. Yeah, and then it turned out and it good. It was worth it. Yeah. yeah. How did we meet? I can't remember. I feel like it was through dance and production uh, work, I like through Brittany. 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 Okay, yeah. So yeah, it was through Brittany because she knew you first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Brittany Reinbold. Where did you go to high school? Ainley. Harry Ainley. But like a long time ago. Uh, no, but I'm, I'm the same age as you. 
Yeah. Oh, maybe. A I think year. you're you're a couple years younger. A couple years, but like yeah, but in, that, in that same kind of yeah. group of people with yeah. Trinity and Ainley and yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, there was like a couple years ahead of us that always kind of hung out together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. So Kerry Coble, uh, now you know our story. Well, uh, we ended up. Me and Steve end up having like these weird conversations at weird times at night. Okay, well, <laughs> this was like, actually, it's kind of wild, but I used to be involved, like I owned a hotel for a while. And, um, oh, I didn't know like that. A, yeah, it was a wild, it's a wild venture. That was a couple of years. Good for you. Uh, it was cool, yeah. Um, so I, I kind of got out of the hospitality side of things in that capacity. And then uh, I actually needed a place to live. And then Steve, uh, it, it, we, had, we just ended up becoming roommates because it just like timing worked out perfect. It happened at the exact same time. Like the, the the world, the world is very serendipitous. Like it basically once you once you get it out of its way, yeah, it does its thing. So yeah, literally, you don't have to pay. Like you, if you, you try to like move, you have to almost maneuver and flow with it, mm-hmm. and everything just happens. So mm-hmm. what happened was is uh, Makai was moving out, and literally I was like, oh, okay. So I'm like, when are you moving out? He's like, on the fifteenth, and I'm like, it's like June first, <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> And so I'm like, and Cam's like, I don't have a place to stay. And I'm just like, well, you can come and live yeah, here. I'm just like, perfect. so it was, uh, it kind of, it was at, at the exact same time. Awesome. So everything happened. Yeah, uh, just my thing ended at the exact same time his thing ended. And I was like, hey, this is perfect. So then we just have like these weird talks at night or like whatever. And then yeah. I was like, you know what? We should just put this shit on the internet. Yeah. And then we're like, if we're going to do it, let's make money from it. And then the, that's where my head was at. I was like, if we're going to do it. Let's monetize it in some capacity. Or yeah, like, yeah. When stuff like this goes out there, it's out there yeah. forever. And like, yeah, totally. Stuff on the internet's like little real estate pieces that people will still look up years mm-hmm. later that you can mm-hmm. still gain money from, right? Mm-hmm. So we put out a video 10 years ago and it still makes money. Even my YouTube channel, my other ones, like, I, yeah. st- I put out shit a long time ago and I'm like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. Like, wow. taking viewership and sending things to people. They're sending traffic to different websites, so... Generation up to generation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so then we, we decided to run this show, and then, uh, yeah, now we're here. Awesome. Now, so we're, now we got Carrie on the show. Now we got Carrie Coble on the show, <laughs> which is pretty crazy, because yeah. uh, we, we need yeah. to hear the Carrie Coble story a little bit. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, you guys are very sweet. So, um, yeah, you. born and raised in Edmonton, I guess. I've lived here all my life. Um, when I was uh, young, I, I actually quit high school because I had a single mom, so I had to start working, and that's when I got into the fitness industry. You had a single mom, or you were a single mom? I had a single mom. Because I'm like, you don't have any kids, do you? Yeah, no. Yeah. No, yeah. fur babies. Yeah. I'm a fur mom. Templeton. Yeah, he died. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, it's I'm okay, so it's all good. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you just brought that up, I know, eh? I know. I didn't he, know that was like the little I puppy. He, I, remember I know, Templeton, he's famous. He's, he's got a little tuxedo on, on Instagram, but um, yeah, he died. I'm but sorry. I have four more. Yeah. So I'm okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I ended up, I, I started working um, in the fitness industry, spa lady actually. Okay. Long mm-hmm. time ago. I, and I was teaching, you know, aerobics and stuff, like. It must have been the early 90s, like when it was cool to wear your thong on the outside of your shorts. Who does that? Oh, <laughs> no. like where it's like, it's, yeah. like, it's like high <laughs> like, up? Yeah, like you wore the thong on the you, outside you of were, the shorts. Like, you you, you can see the thong. Anybody who's from the 90s who was like, did aerobics will know what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, yeah. And like slouch socks and like mad big scrunchies. That mm-hmm. it wasn't I think a, there's a reason for that. Though. It wasn't okay. But uh, anyway, so I I started when I was 17. I just started like teaching and then I worked my way up to management by the time I was 19. And then I was kind of running, you know, multiple locations and stuff. And I did that for a long time. 
and then I read uh, the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, which I think is a very influential book for a lot of entrepreneurs. Okay. It's like the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial Bible. Um, and that kind of started leading me to thinking about different ways of making money and passive income and all of that. And um, I wanted to get a weekend off. I was a really good employee. So I never took any time off, you know, and I'd come in sick and work, you know, like a dog, basically. And I wanted a day off to go to one of these seminars, and they wouldn't give it to me. And I had been, like, this amazing employee for 10 years, so I got mad and I quit. After 10 years? Yeah, they, I got mad and I quit. You, they wouldn't, they wouldn't give me the day off. What a ween. What a bunch of weenies. And so you said, okay, well, I'm taking it anyway. See you later. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, like, I was 24. I remember this because I had my first apartment, like, just on Jasper. And then I was like, what did I just do? <laughs> like, um, anyway, so then I had no job. So then I started working at Rum Jungle. Is this okay? Uh, hold yeah. on one sec. Uh, you were doing like fitness modeling, was it? Or was this uh, yeah, this is, and I used to compete, so I won. I was Miss Fitness actually and got my pro card. So I had actually done that whole fitness thing. Yeah, like you skipped over 17. that, like no big deal. Oh, <laughs> like what? Well, it was so long ago. You're... Yeah, I won the I won like the Albertas. This is when uh, you do fitness competition where you had the routine round and you had the like bikini strength round. Were you bikini now it's kind of routine? now they do figure and bikini and there is still some fitness. Like I think they do fitness in Olympia, but yeah, I mean, I like my whole life was was exercise and personal training and running studios and I competed and you know did the whole thing. Wake up at five a.m. Do your cardio with an ECA stack, which is a, a, a ephedrin, caffeine, and aspirin. Terrible Whoa. idea, everybody. Yeah, no, don't do that. Terrible I idea. That your heart rate way up there. This is like old school. This I mean, is old school. Like this is old school. Any bodybuilders are like, they're going to know. But yeah. um, <laughs> It's like thermogenics. Thermo yeah, thermogenics. Thermogenics warm yeah. the body up. That's what those caffeine pills pretty much are. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. That stuff's yeah. wild for you. I had lethal. one once. Yeah, it scared it's me. It's lethal. Your heart pounding. I'm sure it took my liver a couple years to recover. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you know, and the meal prep and, you know, the 12-hour days. You did that whole I thing. I did that. I did that whole thing. And then I, I ended up winning the Albertas and then Nationals and got my pro card. Uh, and then at that time, um, you know, the girls were, were getting really big and everyone was on steroids. And I don't know, get controversial, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's part of, it's just part of that world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full on. Uh, There's and natural I, and not natural. Yeah, though, no, right? there, there is. And I think it's better now. I mean, this, I was doing this a long time ago. You know, probably like 15, 20 years yeah. ago, and it's easy to beat a test. Like, oh yeah, you know, back if, then, yeah. Yeah, if you know what you're doing, and uh, there wasn't as many competitors. Like now, it's like so many. You see different competitions all the time. Everyone's whatever fit on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> so it, yeah, I mean, yeah, there was no Instagram, so it was, it was a different world. And I thought, you know what? Like, I'm not, you know, my, I don't want to be a fitness model or something, and. You know, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. And that's really what you do with the pro card, isn't it? Like you get a pro yeah, card. Yeah, I mean, you don't really make money from your your shows or like from doing the bodybuilding the shows but and from sponsorships but now you're a professional so yeah. now you can get sponsorship yeah. and you can do magazines yeah and at the time that was your only thing you know like you had to get into muscle and fitness or one of these magazines now you can be an instagram star and have a like crazy hot bod and you know a million followers and make tons so of money many people that want to do you know that. i was too early i was too early yeah. <laughs> that's true actually do you remember um okay yeah. this is like gonna take you way back but this popped him in my head. Uh, Paul Orbison. Yes. Uh, early bird gets the worm. The second yeah. most gets the what? Uh, the cheese. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's uh, kind of yeah. like uh, the second mouse gets the cheese. Yes, yeah, early yeah. gets. I still, I still have that stuck in my head actually. Yeah. That's the whole early adopter type thing. Yeah. So like, technically, you were too early. I was too early. You know what though? But that's. Have you read the book Outliers by Malcolm? Yeah. Malcolm I mean, Gladwell. He talks yeah. about you know all these people the who made it. It's the timing. If you're a little early, even if you're just as smart or you have just as much opportunity, but you're a little early or you're a little late, you miss it. So, yeah, the timing for that was a little early. It's too bad, but. That's the same thing as like kind of the struggle that I've been going through with my stuff. Like mm-hmm. when I started doing video production and stuff, every, only webs. Everyone was buying websites. Yeah. Like so, it's like okay, great. And like, but you try to yeah. convince them to buy a video. And goes, why do I want a video? I don't understand. Why do I need yeah. a video? And I'm just like, now everybody wants a video. Yeah. But now you're at a point where like, it's a lot easier for people to make videos, and there's like a thousand saturated market, and yeah. a saturated mm-hmm. market, yeah. and, then, and the kids are basically like killing the pricing, so the prices come way down. I'm just like. I'm just like, how are you doing videos for so cheap? Like, I don't understand what's, like, you're mm-hmm. working for McDonald's pay. I'm like. Oh, I know. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, you can't, it's, so you just have to just say, okay, well, that, that market's done. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, and everything overseas now, and you can get anything done in India and everything else. And yeah. That's crazy. Just, uh, yeah. yeah. So now I have, now you have to do, now what we do is we specialize. So instead of, video is just kind of our tool. We know how to make videos and stuff, but our specialty is, like, marketing. In terms of like getting yeah. content, getting getting telling stories and doing that stuff, yeah. Because everyone, anybody now can point a camera. It's not yeah. that hard. It's just yeah. who can who can get the right uh, traffic, analytics, all that other stuff yeah, that comes in behind it with it that other people don't understand. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you have a pro card in. Yeah, I'm sure it's expired. That's just wild. <laughs> I never knew. I never knew. Like to be honest, yeah, I, I got. Yeah, like, I got. I got my pro card. I, I probably have a picture on my phone of like when I was competing cool. and yeah, yeah, it's all. You know, painted dark and so, face sucked in from no water. <laughs> yeah, geez, and that yeah. paint stuff's weird. It creeps me out. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's necessary, though. It shows off more muscle, and yeah. the stage lights will wash you out. And Yeah, see, there's a whole thing with getting shadows properly. There's a whole properly. thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That makes sense. But, um, yeah, and then I decided, okay, like, I've done it, you know, and, you know, you don't really have much of a life, and your diet is so strict, and... Um, so I decided, no, I'm just going to get you go different ways. And anyway, so I was still working at the gym, but I read that book and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm an employee. I'm, I'm trapped in the E quadrant, you know, I need to get out of it. Uh, and then they, they wouldn't let me. So I quit. And then, uh, I had to be, <laughs> I, I, I didn't have a job. So my friend says, well, why don't you go be a bartender? Like you can make money as a bartender. Yeah. So now keep in mind from the time I was 17, I was working in, in the fitness industry. So I never went out to bars. I never went to party. I wasn't a drinker. So I, I go totally different world, totally different world. So I go to the bar <laughs> like, what the and they're like, yeah, we'll put you, you know, do you know how to do this? I'm like, no, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. And they're like, well, do you want to do the beer tub? And I'm like, well, I don't want to do the beer tub. They're like, you can be a shooter girl. I'm like, okay. And I didn't realize that like shooter girls, no offense to any shooter girls out there still is like the bottom of the barrel and like. Like the, it's the, the bar, the bar. It's, it's yeah, like yeah. it's like the job they give to the person who like literally can't do anything else. And you're 25 at this point. <laughs> and I'm 25. <laughs> yeah. And so they, you know, they give me my little tray and you know whatever. And uh, I don't even know anything that's on it. And and I was, you know, I was I've always been good with people. So you know, I I you know I would remember people's names and talk to them and create conversation and create relationships. You probably and, killed it. You raked home so much oh, money. Oh, I would, oh yeah. I I and then I started making more money as a shooter girl working three nights a week than your real at thing. freaking Rum Jungle. Yeah. Than I was working a 60, 70 hour work week because I was getting taxed, right? Like because it was all cash. Yeah. I had my whole week off, 
and I was just working nice. Nights. And then what started happening was, because I was always a dancer. Like, I, I've always danced since I've grown up. But I never thought I could monetize it, or especially in Edmonton. Yeah. So I would go on the stage at RUM, if anybody remembers Rum I remember Rum Google, yeah. Is this the one in Western Tamal? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And uh, I would dance on the stage. I would do, like, a little solo thing. And then I would go, and everybody wanted to buy my shooters. And so then I thought, you know, this place needs entertainment. You know, and this is when Rum Jungle had kind of started doing the swing girls. And yeah, they the had those girls in those things. And, yeah, I remember that. And uh, I, had to, I, I thought, I'm going to put together a dance crew. <laughs> I always danced, and, and that was how the, that's how the Fly Girls were born. Are you serious? I am serious. I did not know this. Can you explain to our audience what, yeah. what and or who the Fly Girls uh, are? Fly Girls um, Cause are... it's pretty big. Yeah, all-female dance crew. Uh, been in Edmonton, and uh, we've been on the circuit. We've won a lot of uh, competitions, like third at the World Hip Hop Championships. We're still the only Canadian crew uh, to place that high and the only female. Um, I remember that. That was 2012 that. Yeah. or 2011 yeah, yeah. or something? Yeah, a couple years ago. And uh, just recently, I think two years ago, we won an All Styles battle in uh, Seattle. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So, um, so I, I, you know, I do auditions and I get these girls together and then I start doing choreography and, and I mean, I had no actual training except for dancing and how I learned to dance was by watching all the videos. I used to record everything on a VHS, like much music days. And I would electric like pause. Circus? Yeah. Are you uh, no, but, no, this is pre-electric circus. <laughs> I mean, that electric circus, I was already older. I'm talking like. Like I when I was in grade know. five, like you know, MC Hammer when that first came out, and like Cool Modi, Wild Wild West. Like I'm talking old, like new hip, like back in the day. Wild Wild West. Yeah, yeah, you remember wild, that wild one. Wild West. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and then like Michael Jackson and Janet. So that's how I learned to dance, and I in the Fly Girls from In Living Color. Oh, uh, J Lo. Yeah, J Lo, where J Lo started. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so we start performing in this, and now, so now I'm performing and doing shooters, and then I kind of slowly worked my way up to like the entertainment director of Rum Jungle. Yeah, this is so random. <laughs> you just, I didn't know any I of know, this. I know it's so you random. You just created a job. I, I, I've the always created director? jobs. That's yeah. actually yes. I've, I've always created jobs. Yeah. That's so random. Uh, yeah, and uh, and then I was kind of helping organize, you know, all of the entertainment, uh, and then I started because I had all this free time. This is when I started going to dance studios. And they started hiring me to teach at their studios. Uh, and that's what kind of led to the dance career. And I actually started dancing when most people's careers are ending. Like, I started very late. Like, most people are done dancing by 22, 23, And is this, is this, Carrie, is this like professional dancers? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like we were professional. I mean, I guess you're going to label professional as being paid to work. Yeah, well, I, right? remember, I remember now because we I mean, doing a music video for Fly Girls yeah. with, uh, with Esma's video. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you came in there because you did the yeah. whole choreography for that. Yeah, you? well, not all of it. I, I did a little bit, and I think there was other people involved for Esma. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, like, professional, like, um, when you watch, like, a Justin Timberlake concert or whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those yeah. people are, like, what, 25, yeah. 26, oh, and they're out? Oh, or they're well, younger than that? No, I mean, they can go longer if they have a, a longer career. But generally, those people who are at that level have been dancing since they were, like, kids or younger and then they go like most people don't start dancing at 25 26 I mean that's like full-fledged like adults yeah yeah that's like trying to make the NBA but being a yeah like a starting at 26 yeah, and being like, a gymnast and starting at 26 what are the, just a little side note because I'm interested because you're yeah. in the entertainment business um, what are those guys like is that their full-time thing to be a Justin Timberlake dancer Mm-mm. and then so they they have other jobs and stuff then hey? yeah they usually have other jobs I mean professional like dancers like they, they obviously want to try and book videos and but they'll book a tour 
and that's kind of like the meccas. And I, and you don't get paid a lot of money. I mean, they get paid decently to tour, but they just it's the, about the experience and then building your resume. And then you start to get hired to do choreography. I mean, that's really where more of the money is. Is in choreography and production. Oh. But being a backup dancer uh, gives you um, like crazy street cred, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, because we remember the money. And builds your resume, dancers. and then you get booked, and then people will be like, they 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 book you to teach dance workshops. Like, hey, come to Sweden and you know teach so, us, and so then that's you the end you know, and then as you build up, the more you can charge and stuff. But uh. at the same time, like I never wanted to go to L.A. and. Um, you know, compete with that and like live in an apartment, like a shoebox with three other dancers. Like, you know, we were, as far as like what I was doing with teaching that, it was kind of like being a big fish in a little pond. Um, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there was not a lot of competition here, so I could book a lot of work. I think that's a good idea. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, it depends where you're going. Yeah. Um, but I would train in New York and, you know, and I would bring like the best dancers here so that I was getting the cutting edge training. And you know, cause sometimes if you just stay in the small town, like you're not gonna bring everything that's new and fresh and no. have the knowledge and the education. So I made sure I went and got it. And then I brought it back uh, to the community here. Yeah, you can do that with, uh, well, yeah. people do, do it with fashion. Yeah. And, uh, and you can do it with uh, culinary, yeah. photography, more, more so creative things. Yeah. Even business styles and like, hey, yeah. this type of business can work up in here. Yeah. But um, or different technologies, mm -hmm. but that's that's interesting that you do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, no, that's freaking sweet. Yeah. So then that kind of led to the Fly Girls and this, and so now I had moved from being an employee to self-employed in the uh, in the cash flow quadrant. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From your book. If yeah. We're gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna go through the. Rich we're gonna go through those quadrants. books. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go right through those um, books. So I was, and then I started. You know, then we started getting more jobs than I could handle, so I started hiring dancers to go work at different clubs, right? Like, there was a time when we were dancing at every club, like Bank, you know, Oil City, you know, Fever, you know, Rum, like everywhere. We were dancing everywhere. So I, you know, and I, I can't remember what it would be, but like I would charge 50 bucks as a booking fee, and the dancer would make 150, you know, but now I'm starting to make money, you know, residually a little yeah, bit by not yeah. being there. Uh, and then our whole crew was, you know, kind of dancing everywhere. And then I was providing jobs for the girls and, um, you know, that kind of a platform. That's yes, cool. I didn't know that. I didn't cool. know you were doing yeah. that. I just thought you had fly girls. I didn't know that you were yeah. uh, sending girls out to dance. And I was like, yeah. go-go dancing? Is that yeah. a term? Yeah, go-go dancing. Yeah. yeah. I guess that would be the best term for it. But yeah. But when we would do like a big stage show or, show or something, it would be like the crew. Like it would be all of us together. Yeah, yeah. there's a tight-knit group yeah. the girls are. Yeah, and then uh, from there, that's what led me into uh, network marketing. Because mm -hmm. uh, then I started doing that while I was dancing. Um, that's when you met your friend? Which friend? Your best friend. What best friend? Uh, you have a photo with him? Trump? Oh, Trump. Yes, <laughs> that's where I met Trump. And the pre-president, I, I liked Trump. Um, but now I'm not such a fan but no. I don't know if we need to go there. But. You're just going to throw that at her randomly? Yeah. Like that? She brought it up. That's no, you saying. brought it up. You brought it up. You I was like, who's my the, best part friend? Of the, part of the marketing, wasn't that the... Yeah, the yeah. Well, I, well be, because I had done well in that in that company, one of the perks was, uh, you know, I got to take me to picture, meet and take a picture with Donald Trump and talk to him a little bit, which was great. Um, you know, but I mean, at the time he was an entrepreneur and, and a successful one, so it made sense. What was the conversations like? Uh, well, I mean, I didn't get to talk to him 
for that long. Yeah. You could imagine how busy he was. But he was nice. He was a nice guy. Uh, I mean, he didn't grab my <laughs> pussy or anything. <laughs> I know everyone's waiting. Like <laughs> Holy shit, Carrie. Wild. Well, he, like, he apparently he can, I guess. You know, I mean... That. Jeez. You know, I don't know if this was like, you know, like, Before, like after pre, that. pre pussy trouble. I don't yeah. know. I <laughs> maybe, it maybe it wasn't that famous yet. But uh, anyway, or I don't know. Maybe there's too many people around. I don't know. He, he seemed like a nice enough guy. Wild. That's funny, Carrie. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Can you tell us about your networking experience? Like the network what, marketing. Yeah. Let's go. What, what happened? Yeah, that was that was great. That. And so that that was different. That's where uh, I was doing more of like team building, uh, and, and that was really pivotal in developing, uh, like, I already had sales skills. I had that, you know, since being in the fitness business and dance is all sales. You have to sell yourself and sell ourselves to, to clubs so they'd hire us. Um, but that's when I learned about team building and really dealing with other people. Uh, patience. Because when you're working for yourself and it's you and you make the decisions, but when you start to coach other people, uh, to help them grow and help them learn, it's a, that's a whole new skill. Because knowing it yourself and doing it yourself is completely different than teaching it to somebody else, having them actually take it and be successful with it. It's a totally different skill you're set. Trying not to pull, not trying to pull your hair out when you fuck up. You're just like, I don't want to jump in because you're just like, this is painstakingly want to watch this stuff. You know, and you don't let them make their mistakes. And if, yes. If you don't let them make their mistakes, they won't listen. Or if you jump in yeah. too much, they'll... They'll just back off and not well, do anything. And they won't learn. And, yeah. and and in network marketing, it's a lot like raising kids. Well, at least the way I would raise kids. I mean, you're wanting to raise the kid to be an independent adult who does not need you someday. Right? So if you're going to do it, you know, you have to let them fail. You have to let them figure it out. And, uh, and you know, it's the best. You know, you tell them, you give them advice, and then they don't do it. And then, you know, then they learn or they hear somebody else tell them and they're like, oh, I got this like amazing idea. Like every time we go to a conference, yeah. like, you know, you're telling your people this forever and then they hear somebody else say it and the light bulb goes off. But, it, you know, you're still happy about it because because people would get it. So anyway, that was really good. Um, and I, in this one particular company we were in, uh, I had made it uh, to the top, the top position you could be in that company. I was the number two money earner uh, in Canada and the number one or number nine money earner worldwide. You're just like super successful in anything. You just need to put you in the right industry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but only because I work hard and I've got good habits. Yeah, that's that's the majority of all it is. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's good habits. It's the right habits. You know, anybody can do anything. It's uh, Most people aren't equipped and... Uh, they don't do enough self-reflection to really understand where they're weak and where they need to grow. But um, I'd been doing a lot of self-reflection stuff for a long time. And I, I was always coachable, and I always wanted to learn where I could grow. You know, a lot of times people don't want to hear the negative stuff. Um, but you, you have to if you want to be able to, to grow beyond it. So uh, anyway, so I had gotten to, like, where you could go, and life was great. And something went wrong with that company in the States. I mean, to this day, we still don't know. And the whole thing shut down. Was this, did you end up, was the it whole thing shut your down? presidential island? Is that where you had? I was on, oh yeah, you remember that presentation, presidential island, yeah. What? What? Uh, no, I was right before presidential island. Oh, you're right before. As platinum. You were, yeah, you were platinum, platinum yeah, city. Yeah, right, yeah, platinum city. Yeah. Out of manager land, though. Yeah, you were in manager land. I can't believe you remember that keynote count. That oh, is yeah, so you funny. Were in it too? I got it. That's how that's we how, met. That's how I met. Actually, no, that's not how we met. It's we, not. Well, 
you won't remember, but it was at Cowboys. It was the first time we met. But because I was dating someone that you worked with. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was like you and Noah. It was like a yeah. high bye type situation. Yeah. 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 She spoke, she spoke very highly of you. Oh. And I was like, I was like nervous to meet you because you were kind of like mom to her. Yeah. A little bit. So I was nervous to meet Carrie when I first met her. <laughs> I know. You need to get through the gates, eh? I yeah. Know, I had to get through I the know. gates, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah so that's what yeah. I You're going to be like, no. you're going to be like one day, be like, yeah, Cam, we have to break up. That's, Why? What happened? That's so true. Carrie doesn't like you. Yeah. That's what, that's what was going on. <laughs> I know. I know I'm girls still are like, that. like that when I'm out with everybody. What is? I'm still like that. Oh, you're yeah. kind of like mom over them? Well, yeah, not mom over him, I but mean, like, I, yeah. you're, you're, you're looking out. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I can ever help that. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. But yeah, that, but, was, the, that uh, was the first time we met. But then we yeah. really got to know each other in the networking yeah, niche for a never, bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still learned. I still take things away from that that you taught me Aww. a while ago, yeah. One of the biggest ones, though, is because I ended up with a bunch of my own employees. Yeah. And uh, one of the biggest things that I, uh, not in the networking thing, but more, ho- more so hospitality, one of the biggest things that I took away from that I learned from you was um, if you're going to come at me with a question, uh, make sure that you have researched it and tried to figure it out yourself before you try and waste my time. Yeah. There's, yeah. Well, there was times where I would ask Carrie something and she'd be like, hey, Cam, did you Google it or did you do this, do that? I'd be like, no, I didn't. And then she'd be like, why are you wasting my time? Okay, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> that harsh but it was pretty harsh but i, I liked yeah. it it was good <laughs> you must yeah no well, no, no I, enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed i enjoyed it because it's like well i grew up playing sports and stuff yeah. and there's like tough love and stuff and yeah then, you know when you coach someone you gotta but you know what i i probably spoke to you that way because i knew you could handle it and you preferred it yeah that's what I, I'm you saying. know i would speak very differently to different people on my team it's just like kids even if you have two kids yeah you know a lot of parents will tell you the way they handle one child they, they have to handle well, no, because one's more sensitive than well, the other. Well, you know, and or, they just and did the same parenting yeah. style doesn't always work. So it's the same if, if any type of um, coaching, leadership or mentorship, coaching role. Yeah. yeah. But uh, another thing that I learned from you as well, as I still say it, is this day some people need a kick in the ass and other people need a hug. And that's like yeah. true for all sort of employees. And you got to know when you can <laughs> kick them in the ass and where you can give them a hug. Where did you get all this stuff from? She's uh, been reading lots of books, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't even remember. You just pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Lots, and it stuck with me, books. though. I've yeah. been honest. It all, that all stuck with sometimes me. Sometimes you need a kick in the ass. Well, sometimes people do need a yeah. kick in the ass, which is, why the fuck are you wasting my time? <laughs> yeah. And other and times it's like, Cam, they, you know, I understand. Okay, yeah, they yeah, need a hug. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to, that's good leadership qualities to know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're in XYZ company. Shuts down. Shuts down. Shit, don't. Income, income gone, and this was like like just like that. Gone, and everything I'd worked for like gone. Like and then of course like you know I had I had at that time I, I had like thousands of people on my team, and uh, you know you're making you're making bank. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but a lot of them were too. And that was the biggest thing. Like, I know, like, I'm, I'm talking about me because, you know, I'm here. But I remember um, freaking out because I was thinking, like, I've got, you know, executives. I've got all of these people. They're not making money either. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Like, like, like That's stressful. These, these people, like, and I keep thinking of the people who quit their jobs to work with me uh, and this company full time. And they just lost their income. So, I, I mean, that's probably why I was freaking out the most. Anyway, so then I had an opportunity to go to another company that was similar, um, and and I did well in that one too. I went like right up, uh, but that's because I knew how to do it, right? It wasn't because I was special. It's just you know once you figure it out, you can just repeat it again. 
And you got a, a group of people you can talk to. Yeah. What's your take on the industry? Can well, you, you I feel very differently where, about it now. Yeah, where are you at with it? Uh, well, the, the second company, I did really well. I was in it for two years, but my heart was never in it. I was so emotionally invested in that first company, and I just, I was so in love with the people in it and the thought and everything, and almost too much. I, I think it's kind of like the first time you're, you're in love in a relationship, and then it goes bad. You like you never love like that again. No, you just don't. Trust you just you just, it. just, you just like, I don't want to put. You can fall in love again, but you just you'd never love like that again. I yeah, don't know. it's not your. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of. Do you believe in love? Yeah, love? you know. Like, I just you? can you do it? And so my heart was never in, like I mean, and the people were good, and I just I just couldn't I couldn't uh, I couldn't get behind it. And then you know your your attitude changes, and then you start to find things that are wrong and get nitpicky just to kind of validate what you feel. So I ended up just kind of fizzling out and just deciding to, to leave that, that company. Um, but network marketing is, is still a great industry. I, th- I think it's great for people, especially if they don't have a lot of money, uh, to, it allows them to learn the skills. That's the best part about network marketing is that it really teaches you the skills that you need to be an entrepreneur or a business owner, mm-hmm. um, which is what most people lack, which is what most, why most people fail. Um, so for that, I think it's good. And I think it's good to hang around, you know, the dreamers and not the pessimists, you know, and network marketing is, is full of that. Um, dreamers or pessimists? But saying that I would, dreamers. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. But saying that I, and I never say never, but I'll, I'll probably never, probably never do network marketing again. I see. I, I don't think I would ever go down that path again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a yeah. tiring, uh, a taxing industry yeah. Uh, yeah. On your mental, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, and it's interesting because now that I'm in brick and mortar business. Oh, okay. So uh, so after that, I kind of fizzled out and I thought, you know, I love people. I love helping people. So then I I increased my education. I became a John Maxwell uh, certified coach. I didn't know this. Okay. Now this is part of the story because I'm, I'm following you up until uh, the Donald Trump. Uh, sort of era. Yeah, so that Donald Trump era was the second marketing yeah, company. Yeah, I don't know anything after this, so this is all okay. brand new to me. So I, you know, whatever, I make it, and then I'm like, oh, I'm not happy, you know, my heart isn't in it, I don't believe, this you know. This was the second one? The second one. I thought that was the first one. No, first one was... First was, one she was tied to because she liked the people and everything. That was the first okay. love. Yeah, and then that the first love just died. The owner, okay. uh, the owner too. Yeah, 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 but later. Yeah. Uh, but I, I assume it was all the stress... You know, because he was a good person and doing the best he could with with what he. That's great. Looking back on that now, and this is just you and me talking because no one's gonna like understand yeah. really. Yeah. But that was crazy. Like I'm thinking how stressed out that guy must have been. Yeah. Because of everything that was going on and how his how this gentleman's story kind of went. Yeah. He would have. Well, to be honest, I lost my dad, and that was uh, yeah. probably 99.9 percent due to stress. Yeah. And the same thing happened to him. It happens to a lot of. Yeah. It's, that was probably it, so yeah, overwhelming. Stress is the worst thing for the body. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. uh, so that was the first company, Stevie. Yeah, so the second company was Donald Trump or whatever. Not his company. I just had the opportunity to meet him because uh, that was a perk. Yeah. Uh, but then my heart wasn't in it, so I fizzled out. And then I, I said, I'm going to focus on uh, coaching, sales, training, people development. So I, I had a lot of experience in it, but I went and I spent like 10 grand U.S. And like I like, became a – are you familiar with John Maxwell? any of his leadership books I am yeah yeah oh yeah I got his big uh, yeah one. he's like top of the top like just great yeah. uh, so I got a full John Maxwell um, coaching program and then I started doing contract work 
so I, you know, I, I was doing like car dealerships where I'd go in and, and help them with like sales and. No way. Or, yeah. You're like yeah. a young Tony Robbins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So simple, like a consultant, yeah. like that leadership consultant. Yeah, yeah leadership consultant. And I would go in and do this. And I, was, I had a lot of private clients and um, yeah, and I did that probably for about two or three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, network marketing, I had known so many people uh, from that and they had known me. Um, and so it was easy to be like, Hey, you work for this company. Can I send something in? Are you guys looking, you know, and I was able, I mean, it was a hustle though, just like anything, but, um, you had a huge list to work with. Yeah. So yeah. And I was able to get yeah. in and start working with people and I had credibility, um, for that type of work. So then I was doing that and then I'm in Vancouver, uh, for a corporate training thing that I was doing. So I'm, so dance is phasing out. I'm still doing it a little bit, but like. You know, my back is starting to hurt, and I'm like, I can't, I can't do this dance gig forever. forever. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which so I'm, I'm, you know, but I love it, and and, and so <clears throat> I'm teaching less, and I'm still doing some professional stuff with the with the Fly Girls, um, and then uh, I'm in Vancouver uh, for this corporate training thing I was doing, and mm-hmm. I walk by this studio called Oxygen Yoga and Fitness, and I go, what the hell's this? And I, I pulled out a flyer and I saw the concept um, with like the fusion and the infrared and I was like, oh my gosh. Infrared? Like, yeah. Well, I can tell you about okay, it. Okay, explain it. But uh, I was like, this is it. And I just knew. I fell in love again. With something. With something. Okay. I hadn't. That's the thing. Ever since that first company, I was like dead inside. Like I was, and I'm a very passionate person and I was trying to find something that I felt that passion again, that passion again for. So uh, I said, Alberta needs this. There's nothing like this. So I get a hold of the CEO of the company. Just uh, randomly called, called the guy, girl up. Yeah, I yeah, remember, yeah. I heard I it. I remember when that club first opened in Toronto. Oh, yeah. Well, they it just opened, opened in, in Detroit. Dan- in Danforth in Toronto. Did it? No, no, no. Not the Oxygen Yoga and Fitness. They, they're in Toronto now, but I think at the time it was only in the West Coast. Uh, Unless we're thinking of something different. Might have been just Oxygen then. I don't know. Yeah, could have been something yeah. close. But, um, but this particular Oxygen Yoga and Fitness... Um, I, I called her and I said, okay, I want a franchise. And I had no idea, no idea about franchising. Uh, and I ended up buying a franchise because I wanted to be the first in Alberta before I ever even took a class. But I have had so much fitness background and that, like, I just, I just knew it would be a hit. Yeah. I'm like, we have to do this in Alberta. Then, uh, you know, while I'm going through the motion, I'm like, I want, like, I want the rights to the province. So I call her back up. I'm like, who runs the province? She's like, well, nobody. Like, we're just in BC. And I said, okay, well, what's that going to take? Like, here's my background. Here's this. I want the rights to the province. Uh, and she goes, okay. So we meet. We talk. We, <laughs> okay, it must have been harder than now. Was it just? Well, no. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I had to, you know, you know, tell her why I was qualified. But, like, running all those big box gyms is the same thing, except I was Well, yeah, you have the experience of the spa lady stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, like, yeah. I did that way back. Yeah. Um, and plus, instead, I know how to deal with people. I build teams. Like, I, I, it's like the exact I, same thing. I teach. Just add it all together. It, and you it, dance. So this franchise like, is, like, the amalgamation of, like... All your work. Everything I've ever done in one thing. <clears throat> um, so, uh, so we, we agree on a price, uh, you know, which, I mean, it was, it was, it was a big chunk of money. Uh, so, so I acquired the rights to the province. So I, so I became the first master franchiser outside of, of BC. Now they're in all the provinces. Um, you probably gave them the idea. Well, I mean, I think <laughs> I think she wanted to go there eventually, but but didn't have. But, How do you but, expand? But you, guys, you, know, you guys but, setting up the organ, you setting know, up the yeah, deal, and doing all that yeah. other stuff. She goes, 
oh, this deal works. Let me yeah. redo, let me do this deal in the next. Yeah, time, the and next then time. you know the opportunity became there. So, yeah. So uh, then my store, uh, the building I wanted to get into right now, we're located in Windermere Crossing. Um, they were supposed to open within six months, but then they delayed the building, like like physically building the building. It was a brand new area. Yeah. Uh, another six months, another six months. So it took like 18 months. Did you get stuck paying the lease? No, no, no. Okay, because good. I wouldn't have to do any of that stuff until it opened. Okay, good, good. But uh, now uh, I'm selling franchises. So I ended up opening three locations before I ever even opened mine. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But it was fine because I got the practice and, you know, all of that. But, I mean, I, I treated their locations just like mine because I'm the, the franchiser. To. So I help people with everything. The build, this, um Opening operations, who, and then I get royalties off uh, the locations. So it was I'm a probably a blessing or, in disguise that it was delayed. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then by the time mine came around, um, I knew what I was doing. So now, uh, in uh, less than two years, we have eight uh, locations in Alberta. In or Alberta, in yeah, in Alberta. So Fort McMurray, Sherwood Park, Edmonton, Airdrie, uh, and then four in Calgary. And then uh, I've got a few in the in the cooker to get a North End and a West End location in Edmonton. Wild. Yeah, and I'd like to grow the province to um, 15, 12 to 15. I don't think we could hold much more than that. BC, there's like 40, but they've got way more people. These like is this like probably 20 of them yeah, are just in Vancouver? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, 40. The place. Yeah, alone. there's lots. We're at 70 now nationwide. Yeah. So the the brand the brand itself is growing, but in Alberta, that's just um, that's a big amount of stores for any business yeah. to open seventy across the country. Like that's a, yeah, that's a, especially in Canada, that's a yeah. great yeah. No, it's no, it's a it's a big it's a big franchise, um, and it's doing really well. We do some really unique things there, and uh, and yeah. So it's a so so as the franchiser, uh, I've got the fitness background. Yeah, um, I get to be with people, and I teach, which I loved about dance. Yeah, you know, like teaching people, and uh, I've always loved helping people better themselves in any way that I can. So now I can do that physically, and uh, and then I get uh, the residual income, you know, with royalties. Um, you just put it all together, and uh, and I was I was able to put it all together, uh, but it comes with a whole other set of headaches because it's brick and mortar industry, and so now you know everything get network marketing. There's really no cost, right? That's what was great about it. Now it's like don't even like my lease. You know, to pay the lease and this and and every, everything costs money, taxes. It's just so much money to operate. Every little, every little. So thing. you have to you have to make a lot more money mm-hmm. to to turn a profit. <clears throat> yeah. Um, they call it a nut. Yeah. Well, yeah. When your nuts like here. Yep. You got to make that. It's a break-even point essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of other skills going to. Yeah. I don't know, negotiating, leasing, yeah. and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had some really great people help me along the way. Like I, I didn't know what I was doing, um, like on that end of things. The operations I, I knew, but um, like what I know now, because I've had some really great people uh, mentor you? me. Yeah. Because um, yeah, I mean, I wish I could have started over. I probably would have made like three times more money. Oh, like started with that? It started with the knowledge I have now. Oh, I think that's with all of us. Reset, and restart reset. the province, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah. that's okay because that's never how it works, right? No. I mean, you, you can't go swimming without getting wet. So I, I just had to jump in and figure it out as I went. Uh, and then I've had some really great mentors. Um, how did you find your mentors? Like, uh, like how do you Well, I've them? always, I you know... 
I've never taken advice from people that don't actually have what I want. And I would always say that, like never take advice from people who like don't actually have, like so many people take money advice from people who don't have money (laughs) and, and, you know, take business advice or take marriage advice from like people, single single people. people. I mean, I, you know, I mean, so anyway, so And again, like the universe is just serendipitous, right? I've always kind of had the right people come to me at the right time. Of course, I believe in the law of attraction. So once you start looking for it, I think it shows up. But uh, yeah, I've I've just found people who were really good and um, either offered um, to help them in any way I could, work for free, I just do whatever you need to do to get around those people. And most of my mentors have been through books. I mean, that's what people forget. Yeah. You know, so many people think, oh, I'm not surrounded, you know, because you know, they say that your, your income is the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, you can go to the bookstore and spend your days your with, with millionaires. Everything they know <laughs> is written in those books. And especially with technology and Instagram and YouTube, I mean, like, you can, yeah, I mean, there, there's, people are so, um, there's so many more resources now, even than when I first started getting into this. Like when I was doing personal development stuff, you'd have to buy like a Bob Proctor program, spend $1,200 on some crazy big ass DVD binder yeah. and, you know, listen to your DVDs and like in your CDs. Like now everything is just accessible and free and like podcasts like this where you can yeah. learn all this kind of stuff and talk to people is never around it's like exponential learning i think the kids nowadays and that are free. like 20 21 years old are learning that yeah i understand now why the older people look at the kids and they'd be like man these guys know so much yeah you can become a professional chef from watching tv now i yeah, swear to yeah, god yeah no you probably could do you think that this may sound weird i think it in the art sort of thing uh do you think that saturates markets at all do you what think do you it, mean Every okay, back in the day, if you wanted to sell music, you literally had to go to a record store and like I did it for my CDs. I had to go to yeah. physical record stores myself personally. No, yeah. no, when you're bigger, you have agents do all this shit yeah. for you and then distribution yeah. companies. But I'd have to go to these places and be like, hey, yeah. would you sell my? Yeah, okay, cool. Like I had my CDs in a bunch of record stores. Like physically, you had to go out there and do it, and not any, no one would do that because they were too scared. Like, everyone was too scared to go to a record store and actually do it. Because of the rejection. Because of rejection and stuff. Because it's you physical. You went straight to the retailer? That's yeah. interesting because mm-hmm. I would imagine that people would try to find the distributors. But you never think about going actually right to the retailer. Because, you know, you don't learn that when you're like Rich Dad Poor Dad. Like, mm-hmm. unless your parents know, like, yeah, you can. Yeah. The retailer, the person owns yeah. the store. Like, if you want to bring it straight to the owner and say, hey, would you sell my stuff? Yeah. They, you know, if they like yeah. it, they should, sure, shit. That's we'll what I did. Her, we'll put it on consignment. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll buy it once people buy yeah. it from me. Well, I had it I had it set up where I got paid up front for it. It was like, here's your money. And yeah, and they like, would sell it for more money than they paid you. They sell it for a little bit more than they paid me. So they yeah, when they ran of, out, they called you and ordered more. Yeah, that's what, that's exactly what would happen. And yep. it was, um, but that was like a barrier to entry where it was like, um, I don't even know how to explain it. I, I don't want to say now it's too easy, but now there's that barrier is completely gone. And now anyone and everyone's just uploading shit to the YouTube. So yeah, now it's, it's kind of so like saturated though. Yeah, well, it's, it's like super still, saturated. You know, it is, but the talent will rise. Yeah. Because if somebody's really talented, they get all the shares, you know, and like Well, not not necessarily talent, it's more so what the market wants. So like Yeah, no that that's 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 true, I guess. That that's true because you've always got the the like the gimmicky or the funny that's or what the I'm whatever. Saying. But, you know, still like um 
you know, there was this one example of, and it was, she was a singer who was going to quit, and then she went to this thing, and her video went viral, and overnight, you know, she's, Blew and she's up, yeah. so good, and now she's a professional singer. Yeah. You know, but yeah, that could have never happened. This is true, That yeah. could have never happened before the information age, the way it yeah. is now. It's just crazy how uh, fast stuff gets spread, mm -hmm. right? And it's wild, because I have all those old school... Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad CDs. Yeah. I used to listen to them when I was like 12 years old. Yeah. But it was like a, it was like some like weird little knowledge that not, not really many people no, had. Because this yeah. was like, how did even, I don't even know how you bought those. Like there wasn't even like Amazon was just barely there. Like where yeah. did you get these? You yeah. need the actual books. Yeah, you would go like, to like a bookstore. Yeah, you would like, order them. And then there's a, oh, in the back of the bookstore, there's a little website. Yeah, the other little seminars. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you have to go to their seminars. Yeah, that was crazy. So you pay for the seminar. And then you they go would, for what? A seminar. Like at the bookstore? No, no, oh, like a no. rich dad, poor dad seminar. Like you hear like about that. it, and then oh, you go, like, and then yeah. they like, up, it's like all that real estate stuff, stuff now. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They're like, oh, learn stuff. how to sell, buy and sell houses, and then you go for free, and then they, you know, want to sell you their $2,000 program, which I'm sure works. I'm just, is that? But that's how they do their sales, That's how they right? did it, like, yeah. Like if Back I'm going to do a sales, do those. if I'm going to do a sales pitch on what I want to do, instead of basically like, like for me, for instance, it would be the same thing. It'd be like, hey, I'll teach you guys how to do social media marketing. I'm having a free seminar. Yeah. All you business owners, feel free to come into my seminar. Yeah. And now I have a room full of 100 people that I can sell to. Targeted and leads, yeah. Targeted yeah. leads, and one or two or three of them will pick up and buy. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden I have three people that are like buying my program in yeah. terms of like, or now I have three clients now. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Like, you know, you're walking into it, but sometimes people just want to go to see, okay, what's he going to actually. What's yeah. you gonna actually well, I go. I, I still go to those seminars, but I won't go for the for. <laughs> you go to learn. You go to learn the actual sales technique. Yeah, I'm like these guys are dirty salesmen, saleswomen. They're like, I'm like, yo, like this is borderline like stealing from people. I, but I kind of like this is probably they're so what? good. Like, oh, I, know, I, down notes. Is, I know, I know, but I I know because you go to learn the sales tech, but and that whole industry has changed a lot too. Like, um, you know, like even uh, and and. I guess I'll just throw out the name, but like even like Anthony Robbins events and stuff like that, or Robert Kiyosaki. They, they've changed. You know, back they? in the day, like you would go see them for a weekend, you know, and and I, I they've been doing it a long time. I get it, but I feel like a lot of the seminars now they kind of have a headliner, and then it's like ten of these other people who you've never seen before, and then you get like an hour of the person you want, and then they try and charge you a whole yeah, bunch of money. Yeah, that's what like, they do. That well, happened to me well, a while like ago. Like, it's, it's, it's just changed a little yeah. bit because the whole self-development thing is so big, and you've got all these people doing their online this, and, on, you know. That's what I'm saying. The it's just hard, it's harder to find the quality. But you, know, like, you really but have to you know, know what, what he's to look doing, for. But you know what with Anthony Robbins is interesting because what he's actually doing in those seminars is finding and plucking out coaches. Yes. So he's taking, because yes. the people that are going to his seminars now yes. are high-level people that need yes. to jump to the next level. So yeah. he's pulling from them. And now he's building yeah. uh, personal coaches, and then he says, okay, you know what, I want you to work for our team, and now you're going to yes. be uh, a coach, and everyone who wants to do Anthony Robbins is going to talk to a specific coach. They're clients, and they yes. just send the clients and, to that And person. he's passing the torch, because, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, and, and he's always been good. I, you know, I was very careful to, like, even say his name. But um, I, I like him. I've always yeah, listened to him. Yeah, like he's, yeah he's, all, I've got all his books. Yeah. He's, he's great, and he's expanding his network and changing his format, but... I guess my point was that that's quality. It's just hard to find the quality. And, you know, people are spending all of the money and they go to these events and then it's just a bunch of fluff. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, what do they call them? Uh, motivated idiots. 
like <laughs> not to say not to say anything bad about it, yeah, but like yeah. like there's there's two sides to it. You could get someone completely fired up like a walk on coals event. Yeah. But like you didn't really teach them any tangible skills. So they're just yeah. like they go out of these events like yeah. I'm gonna kill the world. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, and then they go back into their habits and their yeah. paradigms and they have yeah. no they have no skill. Yeah, that's they when no they do that's when they're running that uh, that neuro association thing. All yeah. they're all they're doing is just driving up their emotion, get their emotion high. Yeah. And then as soon as their emotion hits that pinnacle, they attach a product to it. And yeah. Boom buy this product and they're yeah where do i sign yeah they get excited and they go home and then they, the energy level yeah. drops and they don't know what to do anymore yeah but that company got their three grand course out like yeah. into the person's hands yeah just the wild well and the course sales. is probably it's good good it's great material yeah you know the person just had i mean that's that's the biggest thing i mean even with like the franchise model i'm in now and dealing with franchisees and stuff i mean you know franchising there's a whole system like we have everything laid out for you but you got to do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you know, and so it's, it's interesting because people, people are always looking for like the quick rich thing. I'm just like, you need to yeah. figure out what it is. You, what habits do you want? Like mm -hmm. what habits do you want? Like, cause you could be rich, but then doing shit you don't want to do. Yeah. I honestly, most people <laughs> should just keep their job. Like I, I, I don't even want to be a, like a hater. Like, cause anybody can do anything, but like, like, like entrepreneur, like entrepreneur has become a very sexy word. It's not. It's ugly. And it, it's the ugliest. But it it's like, you know, be your own boss. Leave your dream. You know, you see all the Instagram stuff. I'm an entrepreneur, and he's got his his Ferrari and his mansion and his. Well, palm actually, he's got, he's got books. That's he does. It's not the cars. It's the books. You like, know, and, about, you're uh, like, this, yeah. This is my because yeah, as much as I like those those Ferraris, my biggest my biggest value is right here. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's great marketing. Though. And they and they sell that dream to people. Do you yeah. know what? That but they don't have the skill set to be an entrepreneur. No, it's like I can get excited about being a professional singer, but there's a there's big difference. There's a big difference. Like even okay, like let's take somebody who can sing because there's. Millions of people have beautiful voices and a professional singer. What's the difference? They can both sing. Well, one can probably handle rejection. Because Ooh, if you're not deep. willing to handle rejection, you can't go to audition after audition after audition, put yourself on stage, go to the record stores, right? So it has nothing to do... Being a professional singer, like, you need a lot more skills than just a nice voice. You, you have to be able to handle travel, a rigorous work schedule. You need to be able to handle pressure. People talking about you need a thick skin. Like... All of those things are required because anybody who can't do that, they just quit. They say, I want to be a singer, and then they hit those words, and then they quit because they don't have the skills that are required to, to be at a professional level in the game, even though they can sing. That's probably the, that's the same thing with network marketing, if mm -hmm. we take it back there. It's pretty much a lot of selling a dream, selling a lifestyle. This is mm -hmm. what we can do. Yep. You know, so I don't see anything fully wrong with it because you, yep. you kind of have to believe. Yeah. Uh, it, in yourself and in the person that Absolutely. you have on your team because if you're like hey you're going to sign up for this and not do anything with it so well you can't and, do that to someone and the network marketing and this is even though i'd probably never do it again why i still support the industry is because network marketing provides <clears throat> the tools to help people start to learn those build those skills especially the skill of rejection yeah. or the skill of being able to handle yeah. rejection yeah and yeah and perseverance and all that kind of stuff that's one of the when someone tells yeah. you no keep moving forward Right, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest skills that you can have because it's totally. going to happen to probably happens to you every day, happens to you every day, happens yeah. to me every day. But like I was, well, I was always taught, and it's uh, well, these are going back to other mentors that I've had. But I mean, get more no's, like have more. The more people saying no to you, that means the more yeses that yeah. you have coming your yeah. way, yeah. or in terms of your ratio. In terms of your just your ratio, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. 
So get more nose. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I worked on just a higher high retention and high. I have a higher retention rate. Yeah. Like so, less less uh, less turnover. Less people coming through the door, but less turnover. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the one thing that I look. So it just service the people that are that are yeah. buying your product. Yeah. That was what. And I learned that through like the fitness industry as well as selling yeah. memberships. Like, yeah. you, you just keep them there. It's easier to keep them than it's get new ones. It's easier to get new ones. Yeah, yeah. that's easy. I think in any business. Yeah. Though. It's easier to keep them and because they already bought, just make sure that they they, they they want, they get the product so then you don't have to keep going out and finding new yeah. ones. Because there's the other a- aspect of it is where you're constantly getting new clients. You're turning and burning. And you're turning and burning them out and you're just like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it, uh, depending on the industry, the attrition rate can be higher than others, but, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got to I mean that's that's the goal is to keep them and find them to keep growing. Yeah. Or else you'll just if you keep them but you don't get any new ones. Yeah. Then you can only you can't get any bigger either. That's that, that and then you can take it a step further with uh, analyzing the data with it. How much money does it cost to get a, to get your customer? Yeah. And how much is the lifetime value of said customer? Yeah. And then that's you can you can you take those numbers together and you know what's interesting is this this is this is a specific language you know sometimes you go into an industry and people talk yeah. this is a specific language that people who are trying to be an entrepreneurs might not actually even know oh right you know like people are even like when you talk about retention they go well, what the hell does that even mean mm-hmm. you know like it's interesting like how every single industry has their own little dialect yeah. their own little yeah. conversation pieces and things like that so you have to learn the language of your industry as well yeah because i bet you in the stuff that you're doing and like you guys talking about affiliate marketing some of the stuff you talk about i'm just like what yeah, yeah, and and you know what? And I'm not even an expert. Like I, I know a little bit, but I hire people who are best. I like that at that because I can only do so much, and that that's where I was talking about assessing people. You need to know your strengths. That's one of the big things people do is they try and do everything themselves to save money, and they spread themselves too thin, and they just become useless overall. Like I know where my strengths are. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> no, true. really, it's true, yeah. I know where my weaknesses are, and I make sure I get the right people I still oversee it because I have a vision and I and I know enough to know is that what I need for the brand but I, I don't know how to execute and retarget and do all this stuff no, that but, my but media people because, are but doing but you can make a decision so if you put a, if it's like the whole uh, yeah. was it Henry Henry Ford or Henry Ford thing he's just mm-hmm. like he didn't know everything but nope. he could figure he could find out whatever people, answer because he just yeah. put he just what if whatever I need to know, I'll just put that person in front of me exactly. and tell them to explain it to me. Exactly. It's like a book. It's just like yep. how does this work? Okay, yeah. cool. Now I know. And then you go. It's like the same thing. Like you just get get the right advisor. Yeah. Well, we got Google. We got Google here. Yeah. Well, to be honest, with this show is I freaking bullshitted it out my ass. But like like <laughs> I know it sounds really funny, but like uh, uh, like building the actual show. Yeah. Like the actual, like put getting it on YouTube, Spotify, this, that, whatever. Like it was the we biggest thing. We had to figure like, some shit out. You know, it's so funny. That, that's what, I, and I'm a 90s girl, but like that's what was so good about the 90s. Like you could get in an argument with somebody and like just yell and hold your point because you couldn't prove anything with Google. Oh, like now yeah, that's people, true, you know, yeah. people would argue in the 90s like, and just Google go back it. and forth. Yeah. <laughs> now it doesn't even, let's Google. Oh, let's Google. I don't. Oh, I'm wrong, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 90s, you, you could yeah, go on and on. And, <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, no, with this, this was completely like, okay, how do I do this? And then like, try and figure it out, you know, it's just yeah. kind of wild. It was a, I'm just saying the power of the internet is pretty crazy. I don't think there's an, there's not really yeah. many excuses you can have not to do something or have a, a certain form of knowledge because of how uh, accessible the internet oh, is. Oh, absolutely. Next to being like a physicist on like, like, even then you can learn even that then, stuff. You, know you can what? learn anything. 
everything online now. Like, it's crazy. Becoming a doctor? And that's why like, these kids, well, I mean. Like I, a surgeon and stuff? you got to physically do that. But Listen, like, it's not the problem, though. The biggest, the biggest problem, and I think we've all gone through it, too, <coughs> is like when you're growing up, the biggest problem is, is not how to do something. It's what to do. Like you just don't know which, what what do I do? Cause like you can choosing, go, like yeah, as far choosing. as like you life go, purpose you goes? You can go or? in any direction, any direction. Like it's just like, so what direction do I go? But that's where people need the self-reflection. Like like you have to know where your strong strengths are. Yeah. You know, I mean, just because you want to do something doesn't mean you should or that you're good at it. You know where the way I, I appreciate at it? You know, that you know, actually. You know, I really like that. Like, <laughs> you know who said it the yeah. best though? <laughs> Not a singer, Margaret. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Just, like, it's really good, but like, it's, you, you know, know yeah. you know, and yeah. You know who said it the best? Like, is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm. You know, the thing is, is that you know what? And especially people who are like really young, I'm just like, do everything. Get yeah. get your hands on anything, everything. Yeah. Just do it. And figure then, it and out. Then figure yeah. it out and start doing it. But don't do it all at once. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're gonna, it, like, if you're gonna go in and be a dancer, go and be a dancer and go in at 100 mm-hmm. percent and be a dancer. If you're only a dancer for a year or two, fine. But you did a year or two of being the best dancer mm-hmm. you could be, and then you moved on and you let it go. Mm-hmm. So most people, what they'll do is they'll try to be a dancer and a painter and a drawer and a thing, and they're doing like. They, themselves they're spread too thin. too thin and they never become good at anything. Well, and that's, that's the, true, the truth. And I, I mean, you know, skill and talent are, are two, different, two things. different things, right? Um, I think for people to make it to the top of their game, they need talent. They need to know what their uh, gift is. But they need to hone in their skill with work, 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 work. You know, but um, you can work, work, work and... Uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I, I would say work could even, like, overshadow talent, you know? I I think hard I, work overtakes talent, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, but, I mean, hard work and talent is hard to beat. That's a, yeah, yeah, that's tough. Someone who's talented, generally yeah, They're, they're going to have the edge, but now we're yeah. talking about yeah, the top talking, 2%. You're talking like, like a Kobe the, Bryant or a, yeah, you know, that, that yeah. basically shows up at the gym at yeah. 5 in the morning. Yeah. And it's like, or, like, you know, Tiger yeah. Woods, who's been golfing since yeah, he was yeah, 2 yeah, years yeah. old. And that, that's just when you get to that, like, professional 1% of the population. Yeah. The next level, yeah. Where it becomes, in, yeah. but it, it's all, it, but it all comes down to habits and paradigms, right? Like, yeah. It's like the biggest thing is, like you said, you mentioned Broad Proctor. The biggest thing is, is, is the reason why you need to do self-reflecting is you need to understand what are your paradigms, what are the things yes. that you're doing habitually that you don't even know yes. because you don't know what you don't know. Yes. So you have to start paying attention and really staying in the moment and going like, why do I do that? And question it. Why are you doing that? And then st- once you recognize it, and then you do yeah. it over and over and over again, you're like, holy shit, it's a habit. What yeah, am I doing Yeah, and then that? you become aware of and it. And you become aware yeah. of it. And yeah. then you're like, I don't want to do that anymore. Then you have to now learn how to reprogram your brain. Yes. Learn how to change the habits. And once you, once you learn how to reprogram yourself, yes. that's when the power really blows Absolutely. up. Because it's not, it doesn't happen overnight. It's about programming. It's about creating the rituals and creating the, the actual... Uh, steps over and over and over and yeah. just doing it in repetition until it becomes habitual. Yeah, and I think I think it's even more important now because the more technology that comes at us, the more distractions, the more instant gratification, the fast-paced life, the worse our focus gets. I mean, I don't think it's... I think the average person's focus, like, literally, is, I read this... It's less this, than a goldfish. 10 seconds. It's it's like, less than, no, no I'm serious. The <laughs> actual... No, because, because we're so used to being interrupted... Um, and nobody can focus. And even me, who I would like to think my focus is better than the average person, I, you know, I can, I can get distracted. So I, I learned about the Pomodoro technique. And if you've heard about Talk this to focus me about technique, it. Yeah. I need this in my life. I <laughs> it is, it has been life changing. I can get so much done the in a pom- day. Pomodoro. Pomodoro. 
Pomodoro. I think it's, it's like spaghetti sauce. Pomodoro, isn't that a, a, a... I have no idea. Anyway, I don't know why it's called that, but you can Google it. Uh, and it's uh, it's the number one research and like lots of doctors, lots of studies uh, on how the brain works. And so uh, the theory is, is that you work um, for 20 minutes, okay? Mm -hmm. You put a timer on, like 20 minutes. And you turn off your phone, and I mean, you can even put headphones on and get binary beats and all that, like if you really want to go uh, to another level. And then you do one task, only one task for 20 minutes, and then you take a five-minute break. Uh, and you have to take a five-minute break because even if you think you're doing good, after the 20 minutes, your brain starts to lose attention. And ideally, do something for five minutes that's not looking at your computer, like go outside or pet your dog or you know, have Water a cup of coffee or what, you but, know, like, yeah, yeah do something, do something that's not this and you time it and you do four rounds of this. And they've also done studies too. When, when you do the 20 minutes, if you listen to a certain type of music and it's better for the brain to have no lyrics because lyrics will distract. So that's why classical, that's a crazy. Lot of people, classical, I've, I've done this. Yeah. And, cla and classical has mathematical properties to it. Uh, that anyway, and then the binary beats, uh, which you can get for free on YouTube. What happens is when, especially if you start to listen to the same song or the same type of music, as soon as frequency. your brain, it's just like, I'll just start to sweat when I like go upstairs. <laughs> like we were laughing about that because my I work out so much that my body is like, uh oh, oh here it comes. Let's go. Yeah. We got it. You know, it's the same thing with your brain, and your brain will say, oh, they're about to focus, and your brain you'll develop like neural pathways. Wow. And uh, the and you'll you'll create um, uh, new neural pathways that allow you to focus more. So I've been and I haven't even been doing it without the headphones, which is my next step. I can't find my my headphones. I've, I've got to find them. But just doing the 20 minutes, five off, 20 minutes, five off, and you do it for two hours, you round two hours, and then you take like a 20-minute break. And then it's proven that you will get way more done in a day. That's crazy. That's cool. Yeah. In two hours, or you mean you just do that? Well, you can do it. Yeah, you would do it depending. Like That's if you're doing an eight-hour workday, yeah, you do, you do 25 off, 20 on five off, 20 on five off, 20 on five off. Then you take like a, a 20, a, like a, bigger a, break 20 half an hour break, yeah. Go have something to eat or whatever. Yeah. And then come up and do another task and do yeah. the same process. Yeah, and then do another round of two hours. That's Is weird. That I, I learned yeah. that from, uh, have you ever listened to a Kevin Trudeau tape? I know he's kind no, of No, it could have been. Like, uh, you know, the technique is, I, I mean, I didn't come up with it. I and then you use the and then you use the music to um, to trigger the the actual uh, yeah, focus yeah, in those yeah. twenty minutes. So then those twenty minutes become better laser and better and better. Just like how you get stronger and stronger, how you develop a muscle. Yeah. Then your focus muscles, because they are muscles that need to be developed, so to speak, get better and better and better. And your brain starts to work better. Like this is the thing that people people have such a victim mentality, but um, like we develop our brain like complaining and bad attitudes literally create neural pathways physically in physically the physical, world. physical in your brain like like you know when you like, see the like brains a, and it goes like it yeah. fires off and it creates these bridges and it becomes easier and easier for your your brain to um, have complaints and think complaints until you're just your life is one big complaint yeah and when you identify the habit and then you say I'm not going to complain I'm going to say something positive, then that bridge, that's a complaint bridge, starts to fire and separate, and then they start to create new pathways of positive thinking. 
And then eventually it gets to the point where you you can't even complain anymore because you're so hard, like literally you're hardwired. Happiness you're and hardwired. You're literally it's, hardwired. Yeah, it's like changing the, the like water. Like you yeah. just move water in different channels. And different focus directions. is the same. Everything is the same. Willpower is the same. You know, these so-called characteristics, determination, perseverance. It's all hardwiring and mindset choice. And that's why, uh, what did you say? Oh, what did you say? There's too many complainers? Or what did you just say? Victims. The, everyone's a victim mentality. Yeah, but my life is like this because of that. My life is like this because of that. That drives me mental when people But it's all based on like choices. It's, it's all, all based, based on, on choices. choices. And what you, you, what you put into your brain. What you put and, and, into, and your body. Yes. And I, and I say that uh, because uh, I've been very fortunate. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, don't, I didn't grow up rich, probably you know, more poor family, I guess. Uh, but there are people who've had way worse lives than me. And there's people who really come from, like, poverty and abuse. Well, but it, yeah, and, and it, their brains are wired. And their brains are so hardwired. And sometimes they can't, they can't come out, out of it. it. You can't get and, out of it. And so, I, you know, I can see a person like that and say, okay, like, I understand, you know, where you are. But, um, but even then, they can turn their life around, Just you know. But I don't judge them if they don't. Yeah. That's a controversial thing to say. I remember I had a, yeah. I got in a conversation with someone close to me. Oh, this is two years ago or yeah. so, and I was like, I was I was trying to make the argument that pretty much anyone can do anything that they really want, right? For the most part, like if you don't have legs, sorry, you're not going to, you're not making professional, you're not playing for Real Madrid, like like you know yeah. like bar physical ailments and like uh, severe mental disability. I really believe that m the general person who can come from zero literally has the capability to become anything that they actually choose to be just takes a lot of work a lot of effort and stuff like that and they need they need the opportunity yeah you know reading outliers and if if people haven't read that book you got to read that book i i was very like <clears throat> anybody can do anything and you know and i read that book and it really opened my eyes to the advantage that that certain people have yeah you know but that has to do with your surroundings and your environment yes, as well. Yes, well, yes, but some so people can't put, change you that. You have to put yeah. yourself in those environments, you know, right? He talks about sports in there. He talks about sports just basically when you're born. When you're born, yeah. When you're born is like professional. There's more professional hockey players that are born between like January and this because they're when and the hockey bigger. season is, they're a little bit bigger than the other guys and they've got way more of an edge just because of when... Just because they're age different. That, that just because of baseball, their, yeah. their slight age. Like they're all the same age, but the 10-year-old... Who's ten years old, but is like, like 10, twelve, like 10. eleven months into ten versus one month into ten, uh, is bigger and stronger, and will always have this advantage. Anyway, it's just it was a really interesting book, you know. And then you you know you just you see like I just I watched The Blind Side. Have you seen The Blind Side? I met that guy a little while ago, actually. Yeah. Clinton. Uh, for, yeah. The, the big dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've um, seen The Blind Side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know. True story. True story, and you know you think of like. You know, would he have been able to come out of that if he didn't have the opportunity to, to meet that family who helped him? Probably not. Do you think, now do you think he attracted that into his life or was that a fluke? Maybe. That's, yeah. We'd have to ask him. Yeah, that's You know, true. the way the movie shows it. Um, yeah, because like, like that's just what I'm saying. Like, you, if, you, if he starts, if he starts, if people start making moves to basically better themselves, the it, success comes from preparation meets opportunity yeah like you have to prepare yourself yeah. for the opportunity and when you prepare yourself yeah because it, it's it's interesting like uh, like god will never give you more than you can handle ever yeah and you'll never ever 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 get that you can't 
if you can't organize your shit right now, you're not going to the next level. Yeah. You can't get there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so that's kind of like the same. Like, yeah, you just can't get it. It's just because you need to organize here. And so once yeah. you start to organize, then opportunities start to open up. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's, you know, and it's interesting because when I when I got into this business, uh, like I had always had fitness, but I became a, I'm a yoga teacher as well. And so I did my whole yoga training. And that's a, there's a very spiritual uh, side to yoga. And it really it softened me, but in a in a good way. Because yoga, it's not a religion. It's actually all-encompassing. Uh, and, it, and it talks about, there's kind of the eight limbs of yoga, um, which I guess would be a Ten Commandments thing. But it's not a commandment. It's a, if you choose to follow these, you'll live with less suffering and more enlightenment and probably just be like a, a general... A better person. And- a jet, you know, happy person. But hey, take what serves you, leaves what, leave what doesn't. Yeah. And so I, you know, I would always kind of judge like, oh, this person could turn their life around. This person could turn their life around. And I'm thinking, you know, I haven't walked in their shoes. You know, I haven't, I haven't lived. Everyone's doing their own journey. I haven't lived their life. And, and maybe that's what they're supposed to experience. And when they, you know, they die, they'll come back around and it'll be better on round two. Like you just, you know, it. You I, just, always have a, I always have a, I always have an idea that uh, we are all like we're here to experience suffering. It's just the amount of suffering you're willing to endure before you let go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah. how much suffering are you going to actually take on before you finally say, okay, what yeah. do you want me to do? Enough's <laughs> you know? enough. The dog on the rusty nail. Yeah. <laughs> I told my buddy yeah. that story a little while ago. So, uh, but, but I mean, there, yeah. there's some extreme cases, but no, but I think the most part, <clears throat> I mean, if we're going to talk about Western society, I'd say most of us are middle class. You know, we all have access you know, third world countries, they just don't even have access, right? Yeah. They just, there's no choice. No water, there. No, no, like, yeah, no, they don't, no heat. They don't no. even have power. Like, you yeah. know, what are you going to do? But here, everybody, for the most part, has internet and access and books and public education and heat, you know, and heat and food, food and shelter, yeah, you know. Clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and there's no reason why they can't uh, level up. Yeah, I think in I think this life. is yeah I think this is uh, you know specifically directed towards West because those people in those other places yeah. they don't even know anything yeah. exists yeah Some or, or are, yeah. you know ex- they're living a life that cases of extreme yeah. abuse and stuff yeah. where yeah there's not um, much you can do they, about they're, it they you know they're basically like a, not a, a whole person anymore yeah that's crazy it's hard to come back from that did you watch um, me and Stevie this total side re- weird little yeah. side tangent but I was telling you about uh, yeah. when uh, Dave Letterman interviewed Ellen. Oh, yeah. That was a crazy... Uh, well, you're talking about abuse. I didn't know her full story because you just watch her show or you watch Dave Letterman or Jay Leno or Conan, but they have their own... They're famous people for interview. They're famous for like being around famous people. It's kind of weird yeah. like hosting these shows, but uh, Ellen went through a crazy story, which uh, I don't want to go into it because uh, it's not my story to tell, but uh, going from a crazy extreme abuse situation, which she did, and then make it out on top... Um, but you, you know, can also see what what drove drove her into specific pathways that yeah. that 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 drive the neural pathways in the brain that push her in specific directions. Yeah, you know, and you're just like, whoa, okay, that makes more sense. That I understand. Yeah, well, that this is this is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, and that and I think everyone kind of where they are now today is has to highly to do with with the paradigms and the experiences that they've had. Yeah, so sort of all yeah. comes down and, to and what their what their parents instilled into them, how they how they think. I mean, my it's interesting. My parents were, um, 
they, they gave me such some great examples of, of, of how to live. And I remember being young enough to see some examples of, I will never be like that. Mm. You know, I was able to like kind of articulate that. Um, but you were aware of them. But I was aware of them. So and, you have to be, you but have to be I, conscious now I don't, not to do them. Yeah, but I, you know, I don't know why some people make it and some people don't. You know, right. I always used to think, oh, anyone can do it. But I don't know. It's interesting. It's hard. It becomes habitual. Like if yeah. you see something on a regular basis and you're like, I'm never going to be like that. But you see it on a regular basis mm-hmm. and then it becomes mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. Normal in a sense only because it's, it's been, it become, it become a yeah. paradigm brought into you. Even though you said you'll never do it. Later on, it's been buried into you. You oh, end yeah. up you end up doing yeah. those things because you're not paying attention anymore, right? And yeah. so like, and, and then all of a sudden you do stuff. Because like I do stuff that my parents do. I'm just like, fuck! I turned out, <laughs> no, I turned I'm out like, exactly turned like them. You know, like you know, I turned out exactly like them. I didn't I was want talking to. Talking about that, yeah. And That's I picked so up funny. those habits, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they're in there. They're wired, and you don't even know they're there. Not only wired like through like habit unconsciously, watching, yeah, but even genetically. You're like you're mm-hmm. you're genetically. Wired to be a certain sort yeah. of demeanor. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Do you think uh, so? Do you think, Carrie Cobo, that you can uh, break down paradigms? And if so, do you have any methods to do that? Because uh, now you're, you're yes, in the yoga. I, yes, I think you can. Okay. Uh, methods you have you have to get out of your the circle. You have to get out of the paradigm of people you're in. Like, if you let's say let's say you gossip. Yeah. You're a gossiper. Right. Well, you can't hang out with gospers. at the you know around the water fountain with gospers, even though that was your the, the your favorite part of your day. Yeah, you're gonna have to like go read a book by yourself somewhere, or like go hang out with somebody who's doing something else. Like you have to you have to take yourself out of whatever negative environment, and that's what I was talking about. Like some people live in horrible environments, so they have to fi- figure out a way to surround themselves with either books or videos or positive people or community leagues or church or however they want to find it. Just you know? get yourself in a different environment. You got to get yourself in a different environment. That, that's, that's the, the biggest thing. Yeah. And I guess that's support. What's that one, um, that one Will Smith movie? Um, and he's trying to sell the... Uh, bo- uh, the happiness one? Pursuit the Pursuit of Happiness. Happiness. Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah, that's a great example. I'm picturing yeah. getting around different uh, environment. He was living a busted ass life. Wife left him, and he had all these bone density scanners and like this yeah. shit. Hit and he had the to fan. sell them, and no <laughs> one wanted to buy them. They're old school. Yeah. But I just remember he's he's learning the stock market in like a a, a bathroom. I know, homeless well, at the time. Yeah, reading a book through the internship or something like yeah. that, unpaid. And he goes, "This is unpaid." Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he had goes, a son, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. So that that to me, you can I think will yourself out of a lot of situations. But yeah. I, I do also agree that some people are just kind of but that's from that's, the jump. that's a but tough situation. Most people are sheep. Like, I don't want to be rude, but most people are followers. And, and, and that's fine. You can't have a world full of leaders. No. Um, but most people, they're told what to do with their kids. They're told what they do at school. They're told what to do with their job. They're just, they mindlessly read and believe whatever they read, you know, and follow gossip. And they just, they just kind of unconsciously live their life without actually thinking. Yeah, that's weird, actually. that's good, though. I, like it's I, a, I know it's like a, it's like a different like th- yeah. imagine about this like and, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because like um, I read a lot of Caesar Milan and trained dogs and all that other stuff like that love Caesar so what happens is is that the dog know. the dog lives in a lot of stress if you put it in charge yeah if the dog's in charge it's stressed all the time like it's just like all wrong and especially if it doesn't feel like it's supposed to be in that role and it's yeah. like a smaller dog and it's like 
Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, I got to be the guard dog. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm scared shitless all yeah. the time. What was that? You know, they, they, they want that? to be led and they want <laughs> they, to feel safe. To, as soon as you take the power yeah. from them and you go, I go, okay, you got this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to go sleep over here. I'm going to relax a little bit. You, you take yeah, care of it. Absolutely. And some people like that. They just go into work. They plug in. They do their job. They work nine to, you know, yeah. nine to five. They go home. They cook dinner. They sit down, watch <laughs> Some days TV, I and envy they, it. And they, yeah. And they, <laughs> they literally just like have that routine where it's yeah. literally stress-free because they, it's, it, it, it appears to be stress-free because they, yeah. they, they, they have a set schedule and they do certain things. And when you throw off their schedule, it throws them off. They're like, whoa, what are you doing? What's going on here? Yeah. You know, so some people enjoy that. Yes, but I'm, I'm talking more about like the, more of like living unconsciously. Like no, not actually. Cause thinking about what they're doing? Not, like, what you do know, do and they're just letting everything into their head space. Like that's the thing. I love hip hop. I, I grew up I, and, you know, but like even, you know, like NWA and stuff like that. And I was young when all that came out and it was so sexist and just so violent. Um, and I remember thinking, I can't, like I can't let this in my head. That's smart. Yeah, I can't I see, let I this in saying. my yeah, headspace. Yeah, I, you, yeah. I don't watch a lot of horror movies. Yeah. Because, and, and, and you know how people say like video games um, create violence? I don't think they create violence. I think they desensitize people to violence. Yeah. So when stuff happens, it's not people as aren't as outraged about it as they should be. And then it just keeps happening, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, I don't. They talk about this, like, they talk about the universe being, uh, I think Napoleon yeah. was talking about this, where, there's there's a harmonious um, harmonious frequency that's kind of going on in the universe, whether you're hip to it or not. It's yeah. it's there. Yeah. So if you're not hip to it, it's literally going to take you and it's going to send you wherever, all over the place. You're not going to be yeah. able to to know where you're going. It's you're just going to basically be like a tornado and be sent over yeah. here and sent over yeah. here and sent over here and shit's just going to come yeah. at you. But once you become hip to it. And you were like, okay, then you can control yeah, the harmony the and then you can steer the boat and then you can move the harmony yeah. into your own, the way that you want it to kind of go instead Absolutely. of the way that the universe wants it to Absolutely. go. Absolutely. So it's interesting that way. Well, they'll yeah. just say you'll end up like a, a, a rudderless ship crashed yeah. upon the rocks. Yeah. 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 Rudderless ship. Yeah, you just get crashed around by the waves. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> mostly if you don't know. What? It's, it's true. true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. with a rudder, you get crashed up on the waves a couple yeah. times to hit some rocks. But at least you got you got some steering when you head up back back to sea yeah. again. You actually kind of figure out where you're going. Yeah. But the biggest thing too is also to learn how to how to change and how to adapt, because that's oh, the yes. only thing that's the only thing that's actually constant is mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. So it's, a change is always happening. It's happening all the yes. time. But who was the one that said that? That basically, as long as you stay in the moment, that this moment will lead to the next moment, which will lead to the next moment, the which is the next moment. So as long as you, you focus on like this moment and do this moment. It takes care of the next one. Where did we watch that? We saw that together. <laughs> yeah, actually. that makes sense. I mean, I, I know um, part of like, I can't remember who said it. Maybe it was Lao Tzu. Maybe not. Uh, I think it was actually Lao Tzu. But uh, he said, when you live in the past, it creates depression. And sadness. Uh, when you live in the future, it causes anxiety. And stress. And when you live in the present, it creates peace. And happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Because That's cool. Neither one of those other two exist. It's an illusion. Yeah, it's an illusion. It's and an illusion. You cannot make decisions. And that's what most people do. They try to make decisions on things that are not presented to them as an opportunity yet. Yes, and they make decisions when they're emotional and in the valley. Never make decisions in the valley. Yeah. Like when you're angry or upset, 
or like frustrated because your bank account, like you don't think clearly because it's emotional. Yeah. Mm. You have to like just ride it. Like do nothing, do nothing until you're you're back up again. I've been there before. Yeah. Where you get beat up and you're just like, you know what? I just gotta ride this one out and like I don't need to make a decision. It yeah. could take days, months, weeks. Yeah. You know, I have um I've always had this like uh where I don't know, I haven't had it in a while since since the whole transformation thing, but like I used to go through like emotional like highs and lows. Yeah. And, and it, it was really hard for me to control that. So I would always try to stay in the middle all the time. Yeah. But if I get too excited and too happy, then I would I had it balance out by being like super crazy. So I remember super crazy. It would that, be like that's super, very like, yoga. That's very so yoga. Like, they, say, they, they teach to walk the middle line. To walk the line. Never so be happy. Never be too. I sad. went to uh, I went to Europe for ten days, and it was like the best ten days of my life. I'm like, this is crazy. Like I was free, just walking around. I was seeing lots of stuff. Like just happy. Yeah. Like super happy. And then I came back, and it was just like one thing after another, and it was just coming at me. And I was like, after about day two or day three, I was just like. I'm just gonna have to ride this one out because I know what's happening here. Yeah. I know that I'm being un- I'm under attack right now, and I just need to figure out what the hell's. Been. I just, I just yeah. gotta ride the storm out. Yes. And literally, I was just sitting there, just kind of like, okay, yeah. what's next? What next? Yeah. What next? Yeah. Like my camera was busted. I came home. They yeah. dropped my camera. I was living. In, I was. Um, I was doing a wedding. I hate weddings, but I was like staying at my friend's. <laughs> I was staying at. I was staying at my friend's house and like in his garage, sleeping in his like uh, like one of those inflatable like mattresses. Or, oh futon. yeah, yeah. And the, the futon bed was like running out of air, so I'd wake up in the middle of the night like this. Oh, it was just like mattress. it was just so many things that were happening that I was just like I hate my life. Yeah. You know, but I'm just like I gotta ride this out, and literally ended exactly ten days. It took ten days, and then after the ten days. It all, it all got back to normal. And I was just like, that's crazy, man. Like 10 days high, 10 days low. Like that was just like, yeah. it was exactly the amount. And it happens all the time. So like you always try to stay in the middle. Yeah. You know, where you're just like, don't get too happy. Don't get yeah. too excited. Don't get too upset. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. And I think that this kind of helps me through the bad times too. And it, I guess it helps the good times. But um, emotions never last. They never stay. So a, a negative emotion won't stay whether it's intense grief or intense anger, an intense happiness or intense love will never stay. It will fade out. That's will, crazy, it will, actually. It will fade out. Every emotion will come and go. It will never last forever. And that's when people get stuck in grief and, you know, you gotta, it'll pass. It'll if pass. They, if they let it Slowly, it over time, it'll time. pass. Yeah, if you allow it to, yeah. That's cool. That's a very powerful thing because and, that yeah. allows you to do so much because you could go out there, like, let's say, talk about fear of rejection. That like, if you get no, yeah. and you feel like stupid that about it. That feel crap. Yeah, that crap. That'll it'll disappear, pass. yeah. It'll disappear. Yeah, so what's the worst that can happen? And it helps with attachment too. Like when you're really in love with somebody and, you know, it's like you got to remember it's like it's, it's, it's going to pass. It's going to fade. I mean, even if you're in love and married, somebody's going to die. That's wild and it's true. And like, it's going to end, you know, so you have to remember to just... That's a really so Buddhist, Eastern, Eastern philosophy yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like you're talking about the dogs and stuff like that. I had, I had that whole feel, like I had that thought because yeah. I'm just like, this is the most fucking torturous thing ever. Yeah. Where I'm like, you basically have something that has your heart fully I know. that you outlive. And you're just like, fuck. It's, yeah. And I had that crushing moment one time when, when, when he disappeared on me, like he ran away. Aww. And all of a sudden you're like, Ooh. oh, it's and the I'm worst like, feeling. I'm like, how am I going to deal with this? Like, like later on in life like this is this is not going to be an easy, an easy I think that's thing. a good thing to learn young in life I know it sounds really it weird but like when an animal dies like a pet I think it's a good 
it is. way to yep. learn the coping skills when like a friend of yours dies or a relative or a parent or a son or yep. like, I don't yep. know, I've had animals die on me and it like it helped me through a couple of things because it's not, it's not yeah, like. Yeah, it is. It, it builds character mm -hmm. and the same thing with failure, right? I mean, that's, you know, I, I mean, I don't like kind of where the schools are going now and everyone's a winner. <laughs> and you know you don't have medals anymore. Yeah, like I remember, you used to having a fitness test, and there was like a gold, silver, bronze. They like, don't do that anymore. They, they don't appreciate people get No, no, everything is participation, and let's. And you know what pisses me off about that? And I, I, the world is competitive. Like you can't have kids growing up in a well, non-competitive environment. It's like it's saying it's, the world is trying to change that and basically say, no, no, these people, everyone needs oh, to no. be. It, no, when it, get, when it comes to getting a job, I don't care if you're a contractor and you're trying to outbid somebody or if you're a lawyer or, or a I don't care what you are. When you get to the point where it becomes where somebody's going to hire one person over another, it's competitive. The be, it's, it's competitive, competitive and the best it. person when, it's, wins. That's the, that's the reality. That's the truth. That, that's, that's the way it is. The, that will never... Well, just like your yoga studios, you can't just go into it like there's a business behind it. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. but like in pretty a lot of money. You have, oh, yeah, yeah. You have to basically produce. Oh, yeah. Like, people have to come there and actually like see results. And the fitness industry is a highly competitive space, yeah. like highly competitive. Cutthroat. Oh, yeah. People stab each other in the back in that. Well, pretty much a lot of them. Wow. Like, I try to, yeah. I'm not saying you. I'm <laughs> I, I try to keep hard. I try to keep the stabbing. But no, but you're, you're fighting. You're fighting. Each other. Yeah, like. Well, and the thing is, there's a certain amount of population that works out. And then there's, you know, like the good life client who's very different than our client. We're the boutique style, you know. Um, so like, you know, Orange Theory, Oxygen Yoga and Fitness, like bar studios. That's yeah, like, cycle type stuff. Yeah, it's a like different type of clientele. Fitness, yeah, it's a like, different kind of clientele than a, a good life or a 24-hour fitness or whatever. So then you've got those people. And those people don't just, some start working out when you show up, but most of them are already working out and spending their money somewhere. So when you come into a space you're fighting for their patronage, right? I yeah. mean, you're, you know, so it's, it's, it's they very- They want to come there because they're looking for something better. Better or different or, or different whatever, or, but then yeah. how do you keep them, right? I mean, it's, which, I mean, we have systems for that, but. That's a- It's a tough, it's a tough industry. That's, well, you're, you're talking about niches now, which are like, and then you target those niches, that's, that's just pretty much business. Yeah. And it's competitive figuring out what your niche is. Yeah. Like who you're going to go after. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to open a fitness studio and just, like, whatever it, comes. Yeah, whatever comes, we'll see what happens. Oh, like, yeah, no. It's very no, calculated. I mean, it's, we very, we know our target demographic and, um, yeah. And then even then, like, we, you know, you, you, I opened with, you know, the plan, but then you have to watch and assess and get feedback because every market is a little different. Like, even in my, in my you know, there's a, a Sherwood Park than clientele is very different than my Windermere clientele. Like Windermere, they're heavy on fitness and fusion, and they're like they're like machines. Like we work them to death, and they just want more, you know. That's wild. And <laughs> Sherwood Park is more like they want to do more yoga, and more chill stuff, and more meditative. It's just, it's interesting, you know. Yeah, and you cater to. And to we can cater to it with yeah. our business model. We can but add more of this, add more of that. Take if this if you weren't competitive, you wouldn't cater to it. Like, like I'm, I'm going yeah. back to the, the competition oh, thing right. and being yeah. competitive. Yeah, I would be like, I want to do yeah, what I want to do, and that's it, and yeah. this is what you're going to get. That's and then you'd whole, end up failing. because and of, then, yeah. yeah that, then I'm, that reminds me of that whole comment from the Roots album, where the guy was just like, the guy was complaining about how people don't, they don't like their music, you know, they, they forgot about the culture. And I was like, it's like, what are you talking about? They're not coming to your shows because you're not playing the stuff that they want to hear. 
Play the stuff that people want to hear and the people will show up. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or stick yeah. with what you want yeah. because that's true to who you are, but don't complain about it. Yeah, don't complain that nobody comes because that might not be what everybody Yeah, be wants. like, I'm a do me. And if one people or one person or a hundred people show see, up, see that? I'm going to be happy doing me. Yeah. Because this is but my you art. Want, you know, like don't the, be mad. If you want the masses to show up, then you have to give the masses what the masses want. Right. And it's a different skill. Yeah. It's a but different goal. Jay-Z said... Um, uh, dumb down my lyrics and double my dollars. Y'all criticize me for it, but everyone still hollers. Mm-hmm. So he says, um, he's like, truthfully, I want to rap like Talib Kweli, but it doesn't pay the bills. But yeah, yeah, and he want, and he would rather make money. <clears throat> yeah, he would, yeah, he knows that about himself, which he is like so dope. Himself. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. I still think you can still be authentic and adaptable. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that's the thing. He did a great job at that. I, I admire him for that. Yeah, you know. People are always like, oh, that's fake or this or whatever. Like, I have very different aspects of my personality. You got many hats, eh? Yeah, yeah, a lot of different hats. Which hat do we have right now, Terry Cobo? Well, this is like, I get, this is me. Like, the, the base of my personality stays the same. Yeah. But if I go into, like, a club and I'm going to be dancing different with, like, Terry a hat to the out. back and, you know, whatever, that's different than me walking into a boardroom. I mean, the, the, the essence of my personality is still the same. But it's going to be, people wouldn't recognize me in either arena. I relate to they're, that. They're so different. I, yeah, that's cool. I can appreciate it. She does a really you know? good job And that's that. not me being, that's not me trying to be like fake, fake in a boardroom. You're just, you're just it, over-enhancing a, a specific It's a different aspect of my personality that's very real in and there. And then you just enhance it at that time. And I enhance it at that. that time, yeah. And then, it, you know, I, I don't like put on a hat because I just, I'm trying to look more hood. Yeah. You know, it's like I like that look and it makes me feel good in that environment when I'm there. Like it's part of my personality. Yeah. It's like me. I'm like, I'm not allowed to play hockey anymore. Why? Because it's just, I get overly aggressive oh. and I get, uh, <laughs> I get overly aggressive that where I don't even like myself. Like I like oh, playing hockey. I right. like playing hockey, but like something. It comes, brings out a negative aspect of, of your personality. When something comes out of me, it's, there's, there's something that comes out. The beast. And it, and it comes out, and it comes out in such short, short little snippets that I'm just like, whoa, what the hell was that? Like, where I can't control it, and then I have to pull it back. And I was just like, whoa. You know? That's really amazing of you to recognize that, because we all have darkness. Yeah. Everybody. You know, we all have darkness in us. Um, and yeah, and that's, that's the thing with, like, video games and this, like, you know, or whatever. But things can bring, bring that out. I know it can overtake you. That's wild. Do you think we gravitate to things that bring that out of us because we like doing it? That's a big question. That is a big question, hey? That's a big question. I think people, most of us, me included, and I'm aware of it, but I'm not, I'm nowhere have accomplished it, but most people live in ego. We live in a very physical, ego-driven, validation-driven world. And so that brings out getting more money so you can have nicer clothes and nicer cars or more Instagram followers or whatever it is because it's all of this external validation. And I find the things that bring out the darkness in people are usually for ego and external validation. Wow. Do you know, do you know, um, but the, the characteristics that make us better are usually the humble, quiet, um, no one sees it. No one sees it. Uh, but that's what makes the world a better place. Do you know, it, like hmm. Anthony Robbins is the one that 
you know, why do people go after all these things? What does it come down to? What? Like, what is, like, when people want money, and then they get money, and then they Oh, and then they're not happy. What is, it, what is it that they're looking for? Is it sex? Validation. It's a feeling. Yeah. <clears throat> it all comes down to a feeling. Yeah. Everything comes down to a feeling. The reason yeah. why people want money is because they think money, they can buy a certain thing to make and them feel, feel a certain, a certain way. way. So what happens is, is that, but once they have it and that feeling goes away, now they need another thing to chase that feeling. Yeah. And they're using external, external, external. Uh, things uh, to create those mm -hmm. feelings yeah. that are actually internal. Yes. So if you learn to basically create those emotions internally, you don't need the external exactly. things to make your internal happy. Yeah. And in fact, and then, then the, the external loses control. Right. Of your of your being, yeah. like it has zero control over you anymore. Yeah. And and if you don't need it, why is there a need to steal? Yeah. Why is there a need to hurt other people to gain what? Yeah. To to exploit people to gain what? It's like the same thing we talked about last time. It's like, well, why would you even hate anyone else? Because the only person that feels that emotion is you. Yeah. <laughs> Just like yeah. you're having negative thoughts towards somebody else <laughs> rewires your brain negatively. Yeah, which is like, absolutely. It makes which me is not upset. Good. I'm just like it does I nothing know. to you. It does. It just it messes my whole that's body. That's so. That's so funny. At, at um, Oxygen, we have a mantra of the week, and uh, we we say it at the end of our classes. And, and this week, it's I forgive so I can heal, because forgiveness has nothing to do with you know whether the person was right or wrong it's for yourself it's so you can let it go and you can heal because you're the one hard you know holding on to the anger which festers yeah. and causes disease and all kinds of other awful things in the body there's a state there's a saying like that it goes i forgive you not because you deserve forgiveness but because i deserve peace yeah exactly yeah that's crazy yeah. man yeah. yeah yeah so i think when people are following the wrong thing and you know just unaware there's so many distractions that are out there that are it's and it's everywhere like I've started to like once I've kind of like just been fully aware of everything you're just like I can't even believe how much symbolism and how much like distractions oh. are everywhere and like it's like 10,000 images every hour or something I read a study that even the were dark symbolism and like they like yeah. even look at this like we have this up here but like this is this is pretty dark like it, yeah. it, it doesn't have a kid, it, it doesn't scary. have power <laughs> like we, we it doesn't have power because things only have power to what you give it power yeah so like there's certain that things yeah. but there's so many of these things that are going on that we're picking up subliminally yeah that we don't know yeah like uh i you see a lady like i keep bringing this back to the other tape like we're in a lady who's who's struggling with her weight she's eating a bag of chips that say happiness is just a bag of weight and i'm just like whoa this is like when you get into that level, you're just like the the marketing and all that other weird stuff that's happening. That's yeah. That's that's because they're preying some, on the fact like that preying. she's using food to make her feel better, to make money. And they know that. And they and, know that. And she has. And it's kind of smart. Like a, it's like it's wildly it, like, hey, you want to get some chips out? Let's she's get. She's unaware of it. Is what I'm saying. I like, know it's, it's wild. It's like it's, it's like un it's an unaware yeah. thing mm -hmm. that basically it's like, that's where you like start mm -hmm. to see. I'm like where you start mm -hmm. to see the darkness around. You're like. It's everywhere, like yeah. it's all over the place. Well, if you can sell someone with their emotions, you pretty much have them like here. Like if you get them in an emotionally yeah. sort of sort of state, you could. Well, yeah, much do I mean, that, yeah, them. I mean, purchasing we, usually is emotional. We watched yeah. that one no, thing when that one guy who was in the cult basically made that girl cry because he just made her feel like she didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, these people are like sociopaths, though, that do that to people. <laughs> so I'm like, whoa, he just made her cry, like because he literally. He physically, like, he mentally attacked her, but she didn't catch on to it. Like, from an outsider oh, looking in, right. you're just like, Whoa. He broke her down he and just, then built her back up. He just Yoda ninja'd you, and I'm just like, and he just made you like... <laughs> yeah, he basically made her, completely broke her down. Like, he was yeah. like, uh, what did he ask her? He said, are you, uh, 
don't know. He just you, kept. He's, he's like, kept, are you a, are, are you are you worthy? Are you worth like asking her about like he was like it was from an outsider. It seems like it's like an, a motivational thing, but to her, you can see in her brain she doesn't agree with what he said. So because him right. saying, "Are you worthy?" taking it to that level, and she doesn't she doesn't believe it. She starts to cry because in her head she's going, no, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. Yeah. And she starts breaking. I'm like, holy man, that guy just totally broke her. Like, broke her. Maybe she needed that, though. Yeah. Maybe she needed that. But, like, he did, and then he comes in and gives her a hug. And I'm just like, so now, but she's complete, she was completely broken. I was just like, that was, that was some wild ninja work there. Yeah, that was crazy. All right, Carrie Cobalt, do you have, so you read books, eh? You've read a few. I've read hundreds hundreds of books do you have five since i of was them? since i was 18 like i was reading self-development like and i don't know why i just gravitated towards i it. just gravitated to it i i don't know why do you I have did do you have like five of them so our people can take a couple notes i know this is like there's too many what are five that changed you okay all Carrie right Coble. all right all right um <clears throat> outliers is like in my top five Serious? That's crazy. Think and Grow Rich. Sex at Dawn. What's that? Uh, that's a sexual biology book on why monogamy doesn't work in our society. And it changed my whole view on sexuality and um, uh, relationships. Okay, hold on. Jeez. Okay, this is a whole other <laughs> conversation. <laughs> yeah, we should have started with this. <laughs> we should, should have started with Sex on? at Dawn. Yeah, we should have started with And Sex it's at Dawn. also, like, it's a bit of a, like, a, I wouldn't, it's not a feminist book, but it has a bit because it talks about how women are uh, very much sexual beings and we're not allowed to be sexual in the way that, that men are, in the way that boys are. Um, and biologically, you know, because, and there's no money. Do you know, that the clitoris wasn't even in medical books until like 1998 because they just figured it wasn't important. <clears throat> and it's that. like the, the prime female pleasure what sex is it? organ. Okay, what, is the, what is it? I don't even know. The clit? Yeah, no, I know, but like, <laughs> what's, it, what's the purpose yeah, of it? It has legs. It's like, it's like an organ that like it it's got legs? like the little thing that you see and then it's got these... <laughs> Kind of lay these things on it, like you can't see it. It's all internal. <laughs> the little things. Anyway, my that point I is, see. nobody cared, and you know, women were just basically baby-making machines and not expected to have any pleasure, and uh, Ooh, only okay, have this, one partner. This, and this, uh, where the vibrator came from, it was. Um, I know this sounds totally crazy. Yeah. Okay, this is going to sound really yeah, weird. Yeah, no, let's let's go there. Okay, um, yeah, <laughs> we're going to go there. Where you, nothing is safe. Where nothing is safe. <laughs> Well, no, no, no. Okay, the clitoris this is, is not safe. Yeah, the clitoris isn't safe. Holy shit. Okay, we'll end the episode after this. Well, after, you, after your top five books. Um, I don't know the guy's name, um, and I kind of forget the time frame of this, but I, I, I read this a little while ago, and it was something to do with, um, uh, it was between women and men, and uh, the men were super happy, and the women weren't. For whatever reason, the women weren't crazy happy. And the reason being was because, and they were getting all, like, uh, upset, and mad and agitated yeah. and all like yeah. So they invented the vibrator and doctors would administer the orgasms. Yeah, to the women. Yeah, to the women. Then the doctors would do that, and then they would help with frustration and anxiety yeah. and this. And they would go to the doctor, 
and the the yeah, no, this no is crazy. The, because this is, women this is real. This couldn't is be sexual beings with their husband. This is a fact. And then the doctor would you know vibe one out for him, <laughs> right? <laughs> Imagine that. Why did you get that job, no. man? You're just like yeah. yeah. I don't think and then I'm mean, going to work today. I gotta go no, and uh, bust out a couple pleasure orgasms. Pleasure that it was considered inappropriate with their husband. So they had to go get a medical treatment. Um, yeah, medical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't it, want that. This job, is like You'd forty years weird... ago. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't know the time frame, but this was now. Like the fifties. Yeah, yeah. And these girls were all cheesed off and mad and agitated, but they just really needed to get off. So this guy invented a machine, which was the vibrator. Yeah. Which stimulated the girls' clitoris. Is this the whole thing. I think I saw this episode too on on Mad Men. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't watch well, Mad Men. Maybe I have no I'm, idea. I'm sure it's been talked about. Imagine, imagine anyway, like a 45 year old. I recommend everybody read Sex at Dawn. Men, yeah. women, it, like, it just, it, and it, it's a lot about men and how, like, um, you know, men are, like, physically and back in the day are designed to have multiple partners, too. So are women, but so are men. Um, and men are basically at a point in our society where they have to choose family. Like, if a man wants to have a family and kids, he has to give up sex with everybody else. Yeah, that's true. He they can't. It, he can't have them both. Because of one one gyno. <laughs> Who says that? Yeah, that yeah. A, and and same thing with women, right? Like, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, women, you know, they, if they want to have a family and if they want to, you know, then they have to give up the same thing. You know, it doesn't make sense anyway. You make it sound like it's a, you're giving something up. You, I find that most people who basically are monogamous relationships because they they love each other. Um, yeah, <laughs> but love and sex are two different things. This is very true. And me saying that as a woman may be a shock, but it, it really is. And let's not forget that uh, 50% of marriages end in divorce. And I think the studies are like 60% of those people are together, but they're not happy. I think a lot of that has to do with because and, people and, are being and I, Yeah, directions. I mean, this is such, this is such a... This Big is topic. such a huge... This is such so a huge topic. To to, and, yeah. and, and I believe in... I think relationships are great and monogamy is great. And if two people want it and they want to be together, it's great and it's beautiful and it's mutual love and support. But uh, but the truth of what's happening is there's a lot of divorce. There's a lot of undercover affairs. I mean, there are websites that are designed for specifically for affairs, and they are blowing up. One just got exposed, actually. Like that's what they're designed for. Yeah. You know. Anyway, so the 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 book is so good because it talks about how humans actually truly evolved. Marriage only came in in the agricultural age, which is also when the patriarchy started and women had no more rights. And because and, back in the day, uh, women were considered like goddesses because they were able to give birth and they would have multiple partners and the whole tribe would like, look, would after, look the, after the kids yeah, the and kids. everybody like it was a different thing. Well, because like, women were always on top yeah. until, until yeah. all the violence came and in then, and then the men had to come Then the agricultural took- age came with religion and possession and this is when animals, this is when we stopped following animals around and started farming animals. The agricultural age was like the beginning of all the bullshit and a lot of bullshit like just for poverty and slavery and all the horrible things that have done to humans, and uh, especially for women. And this is at Sex at Dawn? And, and, yeah, and I mean, there's, you can read about it in many other forms, but Sex at Dawn talks about sex at the dawn of time. Like, that's, oh, that's okay, kind of yeah. where it comes from, how it was, how it started, how it changed, where we are, and why a lot of people aren't happy and why it doesn't work for most people. Because monogamy does not work for most people. Okay. Statistically. And then the ones that are still married... Um, are doing shit 
on the down low. On the low. side, on the down I can actually see that, to be honest. On the down low. Yeah, like, the, the stats you know, add up. Uh, and I'm sure there's, very, there's people who fall in love and, and <clears throat> real and last and it's beautiful. And I'm not saying I'm for one or against one. Yeah. You're just saying it's a great I'm book to read. I'm just saying it was a great book to read because it opened my eyes to even a lot of the things the way I felt. And I never, ne like I never wanted to get married. And women are kind of taught to aspire to marriage. And um, where men aren't taught to aspire to marriage for the most part. It's no, like, we still are, but it's not as pressure as like, hey, when you get married, hey, we yeah, like kids. women it's are expected, same, like, you know, are you gonna go to college, get married first, before or after? Like, you know, men, you don't, men don't have that. You go to college, they don't ask if you're gonna get married before or after. Yeah, I think it's. A lesson, I mean, if you're yeah. dating somebody, maybe, but it's different. I think it's different because you know, like, you I think there's a, the biological a, side. Buy, of it. Yeah, you could be a 50, 60 year old man and still have children. With women, like usually, yeah. women have kids either early. Or like between thirty and, and, and between their, yeah. once you get to a later, you're but, just like I'm done. Yeah, right? I guess. Yeah. That's so. a big toll on the older body. Yeah, like, I get, Well, yeah. I mean, the world changes too, and then, but then there's that whole thing of like you don't necessarily have to be married to have kids, but I mean, you should probably, sh the more help the better. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that'd be um, tough to raise kids on. But you yeah, but you need a tribe. Yeah, you need a tribe. You oh yeah, tribe. you need support like, people yeah, and everything you just else. Need a, you need you need a whole tribe to do to raise a kid, not not just yeah. one. Or, not just one or two, like you need, yeah. you need a, a grandma, yeah. grandpa, you know, yep. like to properly do uncles, it, yeah. properly oh, get yeah. it, to get asked a lot of work, yeah. to, to fill the whole, all the gaps or else yeah. what ends up happening is you, you know, two parents are trying to raise it, they're going to work and then they're sending a kid to a nanny well, and the daycare it, oh, and you don't know what they're They learning. can't. And that's what's also interesting about the book and, uh, and a lot of um, First Nations uh, cultures did this. The grandparents would raise the kids. It was the elders who'd raise kids. So like in the tribes, the young people would start having sex when they were ready to, which is 16, 17. Like, oh, that's so smart. Because their physical bodies are ready to have the kids, but they're mentally not able to. And so they would have the kids, and it would be their parents who raised their kids, and they would be out hunting and gathering. Because they're young enough young to do and, it. And doing it. And then when they became their, their kids, they would raise their kids' kids. Wow. Yeah, so then they would almost just be hanging out with the kids once when they come home. Yeah, like, like they oh, knew. They were all families. But the primary <laughs> raising of kids in a lot of tribes are the elders. That's why there's so uh, much value on them. It, so much value on them. I never knew them. that. Yeah, no, it's a great book. It's a great book. And, and, there's, and, and there's all kinds of references in it to other great books. Wow, that makes total, that's so smart. Um, so, okay, so that book. Yeah, so we got, we got Malcolm, Glad Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell, yeah, Outliers. outliers. Think uh, Rich, the Think Rich, Hall. yeah, Sex at Dawn. Okay. Uh, Conversations with God by wow. Neil Donald Walsh. Never read it, good. Uh, that was probably my, my, for spirituality. So these are all interesting, like those are, like the, I've got yeah. the business and the money and then I've got kind of the sexuality and that end of my, uh, and then uh, Conversations with God for the Spiritual um, by Neil Donald Walsh. Wow. Amazing. Just kind of redefining, um, like the views of God, and um, you know, how, you know, it's very interesting. Well, how many books does that take us at? That's four. That's four. Oh, we we need one more because Kerry oh, Cole was I've read. I've read so many. Kerry Cole was read a lot what, of books. Okay, what do I? What do I? If I like, if I'm, if I need to go to a book, I'm trying to think of like my go-to books, not just like ones I've read recently. How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's a great one. Done. That's a great book. Yeah. Like that was probably one of yeah. the books that you just like opened your mind and go. Yeah. Well, you know, fuck. Yeah. I should be doing some more compliment sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. Compliments and <laughs> learning people's names and showing respect. The, and the, the the emotional banks. The you know like the relationship banks. You know yeah. and building yeah. up those. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like I could do something to piss you off, but because I've I've deposited into the emotional bank, 
so yeah. much that it's not going to be as hurtful. And mm-hmm. if I've mm-hmm. never met you before and I hurt you, then you'd be like, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> I do that to you all the time, man. Yeah, you, yeah. you lie to me on a constant basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it pisses you off on I purpose you're all the time. draining that bank pretty hard. Yeah, it's okay, man. Yeah. We're doing fine. And, yeah, and then one day some guy just, you know, is at Tiffin and tells you to figure it out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Wild. You guys are too funny. All right, well, I think we, I think we can wrap her up here. Awesome. Thank you very much for, for Thank coming. you so much. I was so excited to be here. You guys are awesome. Carrie Coble, ladies everybody. and gentlemen, thank you so much. Take care. <laughs> oh, actually, where can they find Carrie Coble? Yeah. Where can the people find oh, it? Oxygen, which uh, one of the eight? Oxygen Windermere. I mean, I guess if you could follow me on Instagram or whatever. What's the Instagram? Uh, Carrie K333. Yeah. K E R R Y K333. Yeah. Um, and, and then if, like, anywhere, we have the oxygens all over Alberta. And, Do you have um, a main site? Because I want to yeah, link, link it. Oxygenyogafitness.com. Okay, oxygenyogafitness.com. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then uh, that's the main company site. But anything awesome. in Alberta can be found. Okay, cool. I'll, yeah. link, I'll link that in the show notes and get you on the yeah, no, that would be description great. of it. Yeah, I'll give you a little backlink. And, and you guys got to come take my class. We do? Yes. Is that what's okay. happening? Yeah, that's what's okay. happening. Okay, we're doing yoga now. Is this, yeah, is well, this, no, no, no. Is okay. this one of those challenges? Okay, wait. Let me, let me tell you. Okay, I have to do the oxygen plug. Cause we, you asked me about the infrared at the beginning. So I'm just going to tell oh, yeah, you a little yeah, bit about yeah, plug why, it. Let's go. why this is so different. So we're, we're yoga and fitness. So we do both. So we do traditional yoga, fusion, which we're famous for, and straight up fitness. We use infrared light. So traditional yoga studios, they'll heat the air, which is still good for the body. But like, have you, you've heard of infrared saunas yeah. Yeah, yeah. and all the benefits of them, anti-aging, anti-inflammatory, antiviral, antifungal. We have those embedded in our ceilings. So when you come in, you get a workout and you get the infrared sauna session. And you burn like seven times more calories, seven times more fat. You detox more. It's anti. No wonder you just jumped on. Pro- like, yeah, that's the UVP. Pro- that's the yeah. unique value proposition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like professional athletes will use infrared saunas as part of their recovery. Like it's crazy. And the cryogenic chamber. But yeah. this is good too, because yeah. you can yeah. actually move around in the room as yeah. opposed to being lying just in the, sitting in a sauna. You get yeah, you get like two birds with one stone, and we have this really cool special floor anyway. So, um, like a deep, we have deep stretch relaxation, myofascial release, which is like a, I need that. a myofascial Bottom release trigger point yep, class, which is totally restorative and relaxing. Then fast and furious, which is like hype, weightlisted, loud music, hip hop and house, like a nightclub. And we do, we fuse yoga and fitness and you will sweat like you have never swept before. Dude, she's just you. always selling. Hey, yeah. like she's good, man. You she's got, got me going. ABCs. Dude, I, yeah, always be always, closing. Always hey? be closing, yeah. No coffee for you. Coffee's but, uh, you just got to ask for the sales. No, but really, like, it's dope. Like, it's, and, and people who come to Oxygen, they're like, there's nothing like this here. Yeah, that's Like, there awesome. really isn't. Like, there's nothing. The fascia thing I'm actually hella interested in because yeah. my feet are fucked Thursday up. nights at 8 o'clock. Thursday nights at 8 o'clock. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. when we're I'll coming? I'll hook you guys up. Well, that, yeah, that's the biofascia release. Thursday night at 8 o'clock. I'm there. We're there. Yeah. And, uh, not this week, next week. What? Why? Not this week, next yeah. week. <laughs> next week, because we want to release the show at eight o'clock this week, and then On next Thursday. week, yeah, okay. we don't. We want people to know that we're going. Okay, so fair enough. Once the, the Thursday after this is released. Okay, we'll talk, and then yeah, you guys go do fast and <laughs> We have a lot of guys there, a lot of guys, fit guys. I'm yeah, I'm down for the beginner guys, guys. every all kinds of guys, but yeah. they're surprised at how difficult our fitness classes are. The first time I ever went, to I don't know if I like that confused. word difficult. How how I would make how effective. Yeah, effective, effective. whatever works for your paradigm. That word difficult scares me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 whatever you got to tell yourself. <laughs> yeah, whatever you got to tell yourself, Stevie. Jeez. All right. All right. Thank that you very much. Thank you. my friends. Thank you. See you guys later. Take care. See you next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.